welcome to episode 26 of Zapped to the Past. I am Adrian Mills and I'm joined as always by Graham Raddings. If you haven't listened before, this is a podcast where we discuss games that were released for the Commodore 64. Last week, we looked at our first batch of games from issue 13 of Zap 64, which we are in no way affiliated with. And we were amazed at Alter Ego, budgeted by Jeff Cape Strongman, and transfixed by Thrust. In episode 26, which covers the rather cool and dull month of May 1986, we're going to be concluding our look at the games from that issue, along with what was going on at the cinema and on TV that month. So Graham, tell us exactly what we have to look forward to in this episode. In this all-you-can-eat salad bar of an episode, we go into galactic team building and space shopping with PSI 5 Trading Company. We swim with the fishes with Mugs of Revenge and go on a fully-fledged wanderthon with Ark Pandora. We also get Escalator Frustration with the dubious and painful-sounding Mr. Mephisto, suffer branded Time Lord absenteeism with Doctor Who in the Minds of Terror, before finally reliving a classic American football game from 19 miles above the field with Super Bowl Twenty. Is this episode nothing but games and a badge? Forget about it. Sounds promising. Or maybe not. Let's move things along and take a look at our first game, which is the unusual PSI 5 Trading Company. Graham. PSI 5 Trading Company. Is it PSI 5 or is it Psi 5? I think it's PSI. I've always called it PSI 5. Okay. Because it's, it's all capitals. Yeah, yeah. No, I just wondered. Um, I don't so, know. I've always called it PSI. It could be Psi 5. It doesn't matter. It's all good. Um, so it's a single-player game. You've got a... Um, the idea of the game is to... You've got to basically transport various cargoes through the different planets in a star system. The star system is infested. It's just re- replete, festooned with baddies mm-hmm. of different descriptions, pirates and the, and the like. Um, and you've got to kind of get your stuff there as undamaged or as intact as possible. Um, the plant, target planets have different routes, and some of those routes are more dangerous than others, and that affects the reward you get. As the person, you actually pick, an, uh, pick a crew from a range of characters which you've all got different sort of strengths, weaknesses, types. So you go through a kind of a pick-your-crew phase, which is um, displayed by sort of um, different crew and the graphics. The graphics are actually pretty good, nicely drawn. This is an accolade game. I've, you've got sort of... I don't know if it's the same person that did Laura of, of the West graphics. I believe it is, but so, I will just check on that. But um, either way, they, they've got a good style to their graphics now, so they look quite cool. You've got a range of characters to choose from, all different creatures from all different space zones, from robots through to alien-looking things. Or, again, different strengths. You have to choose them for different areas to control your ship. So there's an engineer, there's a... Uh, tactic, tactical weapons person, that kind of. You get the idea. So you pick a crew, and then it is the it is the same person, same yes. person. So the, so there is a quality style to the graphics. So you Mimi Doggett. Eh, sorry, Mimi Mimi, Mimi Doggett. Doggett. So Mimi Doggett's graphics really good. Um, so the idea of the game is you can you sort of manage the crew. So the, you give the crew orders and they operate the ship. When you get to the sort of ship view on the top left, you've got kind of a a window view of what you see out the front of the spaceship. So a bit like the, in the Starship Enterprise where they had the big screen at the front of the, of the front of the bridge, you've got this kind of view of the window of what's going on, and that's where you can see enemies and shoot things and the kind of ta- things ha- play out in that kind of way. And stars, you can see the sort of journey that you're on. To the right of that, you've got your um, crew members uh, that you're controlling, or, or, the, or sort of the, you've got the control of the crew and you give the orders and... And so you go through the game sort of dictating and making choices. Sometimes you have to do them quite quick and, and set the order of things that happen. Um, so if, if you've got several things, if you're being attacked by several things, you've got to try and fight them in a kind of a tactical manner. You can't. It's not just a game where you can go and blast things around at the sky. You've got to think about things a little bit and control that. Because you do get damage. 
And you've got to then think about how you're going to repair that damage, whether you've got the right crew members to be able to do that. Your cargo can get nicked by the by the pirates. And so and then you can sort of change and fix and, and also um and also sort of alter it alters the way you play the game. So you can become your crew members can actually suffer um I would say duress, but they can they can start to make <laughs> errors when you yeah. play the game. I when I was playing it, when I finally got it to work, it's I'll come to that part in a minute, but um, sometimes they made real stupid decisions and I regretted picking them for my crew. <laughs> and I ended up getting the ship quite badly damaged on account of it. So, and if the ship gets too badly damaged to be on repair, you get totally looted, and then that's kind of you know you're not going to get much out of it after that. So, once you've got to the planets with your cargo, um, and depending on what route you took, and depending on what kind of journey you've taken to get there, you get the kind of rewards depending on, and you're awarded depending on what you did. I really like that about it. By the way, I like the idea that the, your journey is part of the the, the process, so you don't mm-hmm. just get there and trade with Dizzo and Lave. <laughs> and, you know, you've actually got a bit more to it than that. So you put, you pick your crew, and you're going to just really you go into Galactic. So I think there's a couple of things to note about this. Firstly, I found the loading quite slow. I don't know if that was just my version that I had as a, a as an emulator, so it might just be that. So, but I imagine that this was a disc-based game. There's a lot to it, so I imagine it's probably maybe a bit slow. But it doesn't matter. You know, loading is loading is loading. But it did take a while. Um, I like the graphics. I think the graphics are really good, really good fun style to them. The approach mm-hmm. to this game is to sort of not go down that kind of seriousness of elite and mercenary, but go down a more visually compelling, fun kind of route and just take a little bit of the... I hesitate to, to hesitate to term snootiness, really, but it hasn't... It's like just take the edge off the snootiness that you get with a little bit of those games and just bring it down to a bit more of a playable uh, level with sort of the crew and the fun and, and bring a bit of fun to it. Um, and I thought that it was really enjoyable. When I got into it and played it, I quite liked it. Um, I think it stood the test of time, this game. I think there's a lot There's a lot that you can go at through it. Um, I liked this way that the screen was split up. Um, I liked the way that that controlled and that worked. I felt like I was actually interacting with crew members. And in that respect, it felt like a very early version of Mass Effect, um, mm-hmm. in the sense that when you're in those spa- in the controlling your spaceship, as, what's the commander's name in Mass Effect? What's his called? Shepard. So when you're Shepard, you're going around the crew and... I used to feel like I was always bothering my crew by going around going, are you okay? Is everything okay? Are you okay? Because you do that a lot in Mass Effect. Everything okay? But so, you know, so you just kind of go around crew bothering. So you, I didn't do that so much in this. I liked it. This is kind of a version of Elite I could get behind if this was like an Elite. So I, I enjoyed my time with it. I did. It took a while for me to get into it because it took a while for it to work. And at certain mm-hmm. points when it was loading, I wasn't sure if it was anything was going to happen. It was just black screen for what felt like 10 minutes and then it just appeared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to do a very, as you explained i had to do a very quick disc swap between the two sides of the disc during the crew selection phase for it to actually continue because otherwise it didn't do anything so that was mm, something yeah. I, that thanks for your input there so I, I liked it um another accolade game that i liked i think it's a lot of fun i see there's a modern version of this too there's a new a new version of this or newer versions oh, on steam yeah you can get it on steam so oh. this is a game that i've clearly had mileage so yeah i think for 88 percent I think perhaps it deserved a little bit more, maybe, maybe in the 90s. I could, this could have been a sizzler for me, I think. I'd have settled it because it is quite unique in its approach mm. to what it's trying to do. But it's just not, it's making intergalactic trading and, and flying through routes and things <laughs> not boring. Take a note, <laughs> elite. So, what did you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. On my way back from Dizzo, I was playing this quite a lot. Well, I was, when, I was tra- um, when I was trading flutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is good. It's uh, it's from Accolade again, isn't it? So it's uh, they've done baseball, then they've done the Wild West, and now they've done uh, deep space trading. 
they can't say they're uh, <laughs> trading in the, in the in the same same markets here. This is a, a, a three games. It's just weirdness. Um, but no, this is it's good. It's so. Uh, um, you re- yeah, like you said, you run a ship of disparate elements. You've got weapons engineering, navigation, scanning, and repairs. Um, and you're basically, tra- as you said, tasked with traveling through pirate-filled space um, to get your cargo to wherever it's supposed to go. Uh, Tech short route, whatever. It's very nice. The visuals are lovely. Um, similar to with the other games, uh, there's a very nice style to them, and there are obviously some some nice technique going on there, and really pushing the C64 at this point in time. I think. Um, I agree. The different aliens uh, are both, you know, very varied. Uh, whether you know whether they're humanoid, whether they're alien-esque, whether they're robots, or something all altogether different. They're kind of all all kinds of manner of different things. Um, it's just weird when you get this like a normal bloke called Bob or something in the middle of like Vagaraga <laughs> yeah. and, and then Jigglegalugabug, yeah. and you're like, what, 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 what? And it's just Rick. <laughs> <laughs> It's like okay, um, so I like that, and you can pick, take your pick. I like the the option to each, you know, each for each um, role on the ship. You have to. It's almost like going through a CV for each one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, you, it's you, the whole yeah, list of things. Yeah, yeah, and you, and you go and should do I welcome you to the ship or not? Do I? And then even at the end, you can go. Are you sure about this? Is this who you want? And you, you've, I, I imagine there's a there's probably a sweet crew to get. Um, you know, with a with a balance of different skills and temperaments and 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 all that that you can lead to it. Because I'm not sure the one I picked went very well. Um, <laughs> because I got going. Um, the first thing that bothered me was a friend, and then I got told off by my um, scanning person, alien. That um, it was a good job she was a woman because I wasn't doing my job. I was like, oh, sorry. Um, and then I got beset upon, so I managed to blow one up, and then I just got absolutely mullered. I just got destroyed by multiple... And my weapons guy was like, oh, I'm shooting, I'm shooting. And then telling people to repair stuff. And I don't know, it would take a little bit of time. The the I think um, it, takes, it does take a little bit of time to get used to all the, the different ways of interacting with the crew. It's yes, very yes, good, it like um, Cronus Rift and like Lord of the West. It's all nice. It's all, you know, one joystick, one button. No keys. It's nice to see. Yeah. So yes, you can do that, and and it's quite quick and quite quite speedy well, once you get used to it. So I like that. I like that about it. it, it but like like you said, it's it's hard, and and I just got I got, I got destroyed. It reminded me of um, there was yeah I could see Mass Effects in this, but it reminded me. Did you ever play FTL? Yes, 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 yes. That's very much like this, in yes. which you taking your ship through space to, with a crew, and you're telling them what to do and repair yeah, the ship that's and right. fight enough fight enough pirates. Seems very similar. Um, obviously, you know, FTL is roguelite based and uh, trying to do a rogue one. So I could, it's not completely, just, but that, you can draw a line from that to this. That yeah, to I this. think so. I think I agree. Um, and there's probably lots of steps in, in the middle. But uh, the, 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 the thing about that I liked about this was, as you said, if there's been a, a more recent update of, the, update of the game, then it's clear that the design ethos behind this is it, it works. And I think it does. It's that real time nature of guiding a crew. I mean, there's. I've not played it, but that more recent um, Star Trek Bridge Commander, um, is that something like this? Uh, I'm not sure if it... Uh, I'm, I, don't, I haven't played it, so I don't know. No, I don't. Um, but it sounds like it's going to be something like this. I mean, this this could be Star Trek the game, really, couldn't it? Yeah, if yes, you, yes. Re, if you replace the crew with, if you, Star, with Trek Star, Trek li- yeah. Star Trek license, you know, you check off and Zulu and Uhura and 
you know, everybody yeah. else on there, you could you could quite easily see this as a Star Trek, and you can see that that's probably where they've taken inspiration from in nineteen eighty six. That yeah, without a doubt. Um, and so it 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 has it is an idea and a design and a a game that does stand the test of time, friend. And I think it, yeah, I think the depth within this deserves a Zizzler. I yes, think it's higher than eighty eight percent. I think there's enough to this. Um, if something like Zoids gets 96 i think this is up there with that for me i think this is a similar kind of kind of game that is doing what it's doing and doing it really well um and and on top of that you have lovely presentation those lovely visuals it's panicky it's hard it's challenging this would be if i'd have had a disk drive because i don't think this would work on tape this would be i don't i, yeah. I think i might i think i might have tried this on tape um, you know, back in 1986-87 but I think I never gave it more than one go because it just took so long to do anything um, so I imagine with a disk drive this would be something I would have probably played quite a lot and got quite proficient at maybe and I banged my head against it because I quite like this sort of thing but yeah this was good I enjoyed my time with it I thought it was, I thought it was fun um, well fun in a uh, in a way that is punishing. Yes. So, you know, if you're into S&M, you'd probably like because it it's punishing <laughs> fun. Um, yeah, it's good. Accolade, a bit, a bit of a, a bit on fire, really, well, aren't they, they at this point they, in time? They, they actually are one of the better publishers for the C64. They've put some really good games of theirs. Mm. I mean, they, they do, they see, I'm sure they did Test Drive later down the line and some others as well. I think you might be right, yes. Um, yeah. And that had a yeah. really great opening sequence where the car rolled up, didn't it? And the window came down, and it's just you know they've got cool, a coolness about them. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a good, good, um, good development company, and mm. they're they're putting out some quality titles. And this, because I think they they came along with the three announcements, didn't they? they came along with Hardball, Lore of the West, and yeah. PSI Five. And like 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 we said, that's an eclectic mix. And to have them all be you know a high quality products like they are produced. You've got, you know, a baseball simulator, essentially, you know, a, a, a conversation, Wild West conversation thing, and and you've got deep space trading, yeah. real time deep space trading combat game. That's yeah, that's no no mean feat to pull all three of them off and no. and, and make them all good. You know, ultimate take note, Do take um, note. at this at this point. So yeah, we like PSI Five Trading Company. Good, good fun, play it. Good. <laughs> like the next one i'm going to guess yeah i think that's a safe bet with this yeah we'll come back uh yeah so um we're a wise guy we're talking about mugs's revenge oh god <laughs> <laughs> i got i gotta say it like this you know he mugsy this is uh you play this and you're a bit of a mug uh the the the, the way this is written it makes me say hey i got some good boys for you mugsy <laughs> What I the, hate this. What the hell is so funny about me? Tell me, tell me. <laughs> oh. oh, God, Muggsy two times. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, right, so this is Muggsy uh, from Melbourne House. Is it a text adventure? Is it a game? I don't know. It's something. It's a mess. That's what it is. Um, it's the Roaring Twenties, and you play Muggsy, a gangster on the up. Um, is it, like I said, is this a text-based adventure? It's just, What it is, is a rather shallow gangster option simulator i don't know how <laughs> else to... a, that's a really good description <laughs> that's it isn't it it's what it does yeah. uh with uh, with some relatively nice but very slowly drawn static screen and the odd animated one um you play mugsy you are basically talked at constantly by some person in in gangster speak um in 1920s gangster speak so annoying. um um constantly just 
so and it's the same all the time. It's essentially all you've got to do is hire some good boys, pay them what they are, pay the Canadians off, pay the police off, get some barrels, sell them. Random events actually happen now and again. Screen changes, repeat the following year. If you make enough money, you can buy a nightclub. Do you want to knock anyone off? Maybe and repeat. And the only time, the the one thing when I did actually, I thought did the right thing. Because in my first playthrough, I didn't play, I didn't pay the police off, and so the guy goes, "Hey, you're making a bit of a mistake there, Mugsy. You got to should pay him off." <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you heard his voice? <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent. That's exactly how I heard his voice. And I went, "No, no, I'm not paying him anything." And then it went, "Well, that says out, that says out in our ear. You walked away with seventeen grand, and ah, oh, you're down, but you're down to your thing." I was like, "In, you know what?" I'm happy that I'm out the gangster game. I'm still alive, and I've walked away with seventeen grand in 1920. I'm set for life <laughs> until they pull you back in. Yeah, they pulled me back in. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh dear, this game was bad, um, and it's forced humour. In the second game, I hired Pat McGroin. <laughs> <laughs> that does matter. That is stupid, but it made me laugh. <laughs> and Chunky Linguini. Yes. Oh, God. It's all so slow and dull. Uh, I made it through two years, and then that was it. I done. I was done. It's annoying music. The colloquial dialogue is annoying. It's slow. It's turgid. It's boring. It's repetitive. I put it's nothing but a boring game and a badge. Um, that was my comment on it. <laughs> um <laughs> I like just, it. I like that review. Uh, uh, what else is it? What, I don't, did you get anything from this? Did you enjoy it at all in no, any way? Of course I didn't. <laughs> Bloody horrible. I, I'll tell you, let me read my notes for this because they're quite simple and straightforward. You have to I, do I, it in your gangster voice. <laughs> okay, Maxi. No. <laughs> I found this game horrible to look at and took no enjoyment from it. That was my first sentence. I put make choices, yeah. spend money by typing in commands, and then you get to read text written in quasi-gangster talk. Awful yeah. music simply seals the crappy deal. This one should be sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> that was my review. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I couldn't get my head around it. it. When I was presented with this blocky monstrosity of an image, which kind of was meant to look like a shifty gangster, when it actually just looked more like a detective. Um, yes, yeah, it did. Um, and then, you know, so you go, you know, oh, hot mugsy, you got to go spend some cash on that. You know, and I'm like, what is this crazy? Is that how you heard his voice? <laughs> Do you know, I didn't. I had more of a sort of a, I'm going to sleep with a vision. <laughs> kind of more of a, you know, the, he ain't got tangerines and sticks in his mouth well, though. Either, he was, he was, the, he was too. Yeah. Either the Godfather Maxie. type, because he, oh, it was cause, hey Maxi, what you doing? Oh, so, so it's either, either the, um, do you know what the film um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, yeah. So it's either the chief of the sort of weasel police, whatever they're called. You know, I'll leave him uh, at, yeah, I'll leave him at to try that kind of voice. Yeah. Or you've got to have the the boss casino guy from the movie Casino. Cause, you know, what do you mean? That kind of voice. So, Muggsy, yeah, hey, Mug, you got to pay, Muggsy. you got to pay the good boys off Muggsy. in Canada. What do you mean we go in Canada and they're not doing our business? What are you talking about? You know, so you, and you can hear it in those. I suppose it's fun in sort of thinking of which gangster because you could do a an Al Pacino sort of Scarface, hey, kind of you know, couldn't you? Say <laughs> you could hello do. to my little friend, that kind of thing. You know, that was actually more. I don't know what that was really. <laughs> anyway, stereotyping every gangster movie aside, um, this was just crap, wasn't it? It's meant to be kind of comic booky, I think. Looking, it wasn't though. It just—they look like detectives, not gangsters. And that was—I was looking at it going, "Why is it called you know, Muggsy's Revenge?" Okay, I'm Muggsy the gangster, but he looks like a detective. But anyway, and it drew the screens. I don't like games that do that too much, but I suppose it's—you know—it's eight bits. It's a limitation. I don't know. This just felt like they'd 
merge two games together badly. That's what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. So this was an a typing adventure that they'd thrown graphics in and made a bit. And there's actually an arcade mini game in there. Did you get to that? No. So no. there is a mini game in it where you're getting shut up by. I never got to it. So um, you could maybe YouTube it. I never found it. And I don't know what triggers it. Something does, but. There's some weird animated bit weird. where it's like a um, pool, people playing pool. Yeah. Just, Did you see that screen? Yeah, bizarre. Yeah. I, I didn't understand what it was. No. And then someone gets beaten up, I think, inside and the, the curtains come down or the drapes, not drapes. No. Dra- you wouldn't have drapes in a pool hall. This is a very posh pool hall. And I, Draw I, the drapes. And I found that the choices that I made all seemed completely arbitrary as long as I paid people off. Yeah, exactly. So That's what like, I mean. You got to pay these I... guys, Muggsy. Okay, five quid. Muggsy, it's not enough, but okay, they'll take it. <laughs> the first time I didn't pay the police and that was end of game. I was yeah, like, well, why give me the choice? Just, just, you know what? No Muggsy's revenge because yeah. it's... What it... should have happened is, oh, the police picked up the, the shipment and you didn't get any barrels through. Exactly, exactly. And it's kind of, it's that untouchables idea isn't it it borrows heavily from the untouchables i think is the truth of it this um, is before the untouchables no, no, but, it? it's, but it, well the, elliot ness isn't new to the untouchables is what i mean that idea of prohibition era oh, yeah, gangsters prohibition. And, yeah exactly yeah the idea of all that you know running booze from canada and all that like, now it's al pacino yeah. isn't it so it's kind of mugsy al pacino-y stuffy but it's just a nonsense and be a baron eight ninety five. another melbourne house oh, disaster yeah. so you know just honestly just give up and don't ever don't you know don't play this is my my advice don't go back and revisit this one yeah you'll not get anything 30, from it 33 percent was bang on yes bang bang on for this yes because it's awful it's awful it's really yeah, bad it's just, dull it's boring and it's don't there's nothing to it you've got no options bloody don't awful give me music op- don't give me options where there are no options no and if there was ever a game that needed speech this would be one that would probably need it so put speech in it <laughs> oh, you know, could you imagine eight bit gangster speech i'd rather have that than that music <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Muggsy! Muggsy, you need to go to the day there. <laughs> my, my Zoom has just popped up saying, are you playing music? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, I'm not Zoom. <laughs> I'm glad you think no. I am. No, no, just Muggsy's Revenge. It should sleep with the fishes. No, no. Yeah. Make it an Boring offer you game. can't refuse. Don't play it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. This one ain't dragging me back in. <laughs> no, absolutely not, no. Uh, and anyway... No, no more gangster puns. Move on. Let's move on, for God's sake. Let's move on before Benny Blanco from the Bronx gets us. Absolutely. <laughs> 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 dig two graves. <laughs> I don't know why. There's only one of you. <laughs> now i got to kill both of you. <laughs> well, there's only one of me. <laughs> I want to kill myself, put myself in the other hole. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm Jimmy sees two people. <laughs> Oh, dear me. You'd be a terrible gangster. Anyway, (laughs) let's move on, for God's sake, uh, to our next game. Uh, Our last game for this section. And that game is Ark Pandora. Now, I mentioned this last week um, in relation to Hocus Focus, because I thought it was quite similar. But, Graham, what did you think to Ark Pandora? Um, So, I suppose, what did I think to it? I'll come to. What What is it? Yeah, what is it? You tell um, us. So um, you were a gangster, robber, gangster pirate, and then you get imprisoned for life. And then people on the prison island that you're on decide that um, they're going to let you go. But you've got one condition. You've got to remove the evil, I guess I hesitate to use leader, but leader of some kind of, I think it's a like a gang. I don't know. But you've got to remove the leader. So in other words, you've got things to do. In order to leave that, you've got things to do. So guess what? This is a wander around the map. Um, <sighs> pick up the, <sighs> find the, find the thing to do the thing, to click on the thing, to solve the puzzle to find the thing to remove the thing and the cult members will try and 
stop you and but the people of the um, the island will help you and it's a flick screen arcade thon uh, there's a bit of a split screeny thing going on you control the guy in the top half and he walks around i found his animation and walking a bit basic and naff really but it was there it was and then you've got icons guess what yes what you've got icons at the bottom to control things like well really this is the new thing isn't it so let's just throw yep. icons and controls so you've got direction arrows i found that really stupid about this game by the way that i had to keep going back to control because i went to the edge of the screen and then i had to tell it that i wanted to go to the next screen and that got tires, tiring very quickly. One of my comments is, "Why do I have to press an arrow to move to the next screen?" Yes, it just let me go there. Don't and assume that I'm. If I'm aiming that way, I'm going to go. I don't need to <laughs> yeah. just keep. It's like someone going, "Do you want to go there? Do you want to go there? Do you want to go there?" Every like, time. It's like that Microsoft paperclip from years ago. You know, you're writing a letter. I'm like, get lost. So, um, <laughs> so the idea is you post. Hey, you're writing a letter. <laughs> hey, you're writing a letter. Hello, gangster. There. Gangster clip. <laughs> Muggsy's revenge. Yeah, you're writing a letter, Muggsy. Um, <laughs> I see you're not writing it in gangster speak. <laughs> you're not writing it in gangster speak. But if Let you me just me translate it for you. For $10, I'll just translate it for you. Um, so in this game, um, you put you a uh, progress around the island, look fine, you've got an inventory, guess what? Pick up, use, drop. You get the idea of where I'm going with that. Um, so I found it very blocky for the, and I called this, this new genre, I've got a name for it, this is a wanderathon. So yeah, just wandering I'll go around, wanderathon. Blocky graphics, I move from left to right-ish because weirdly inhibited me which i still can't get my head around um and i suppose it's kind of point and click for want of a better sense, but i just call it pointless and click because it just <laughs> felt a bit like i didn't really have anything to do that much not my cup of tea the only good thing about it is it's got a really nice bit of ben daglish music in there so um so and it's i think it's the first time we've encountered a ben daglish score official that we've we've, we've mentioned um yeah and, and it's a good one that pandora I actually remember the app Pandora Music for its use in many, 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 many demos. So, because it was kind of the de facto go to, it must have been easy to rip or something because it was in loads of demos around the time. But long the shot is, as a game, I didn't enjoy it. I don't really get on with these pointless and click games that much. And I certainly don't get along with this one. It was a full price, it was a, it was a whopper. Um, Zach gave it mm. 80%. I don't get what's going on with them. I wouldn't give it. I would say it's not terrible. Terrible. There's a big game in there, and if you like that kind of wander around, pick up the do the you know, do all that. If you like that kind of thing, then you, you'll probably play this. Like you might like Finders Keepers, or you might like any one of another billion games that do this exact same thing with the mm -hmm. added the added confusion that is the let's try and throw icons in it for no reason whatsoever. Just make the controls more difficult. Let's do that. So <laughs> um, I think it's generous eighty percent. I'd have hit it around the fifty to sixty mark myself. Um, I think if you like these kind of games, and if you like mapping again, you're going to dig them, and especially because this one helps you do the map by stopping you progressing on every screen. Well, um, I couldn't, I couldn't quite figure it out because I, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too dissimilar to you in the general overview of this. Um, flick screen icon driven thing. Why do I have to press? But uh, there's some nice, and the music is very because uh, it says um, Daglish and Krauser, doesn't it? So are they Wii Music at this point? Probably, yeah. Have they, would be, have I think they become it, Wii Music? I think actually, this was there was a Wii Music um, sound sampler. And it's on that, so I think it is Wii Music, yeah. So because I think whenever they did anything together, one it Crowther and Daglish, they were Wii yeah. Music. Yeah, and I think, uh, and I don't know what they, I don't know whether Tony Crowther made the player because I think he wrote the player for Ben Daglish to be able to put the notes in. I think right, I okay. remember a conversation with him where that's what he said. But um, either way, yes, I think it's Wii Music at this point because that's yeah. and it's on the Wii Music sound sample. I'm pretty sure of it. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah, I mean they will become Wii Music. As I said, I've noted if they are this at this point, I'm not sure. Uh, but pointless screen after pointless screen soon leads to board match. But go play Frank Goes to Hollywood instead. It's way better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> because that's what this feels like. It feels like it feels like Frank Goes to Hollywood, but Frank Goes to Hollywood does it all properly. It does it better. It's this, but better. Um, and this, 
I didn't find anything. So I, I ran from screen. And what I couldn't quite understand, those the arrows at the bottom, because you pulled you pull down at any point um, and press five button to go to those icons. And if you press down at certain points, you'd move. Would you? Are you moving downwards? Are they? I couldn't. I couldn't map. I couldn't figure the. It was like um, turn it off, turn an og, or t- yes. tiana tiana yes, org. Yes, I yes, think yes. The pronunciation. I still yeah, can't get that. Yeah, but that's it's tiana nog, isn't it? Yeah, yeah tiana org or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I couldn't get past that. It felt they're like they're trying to make this three D world, but it's not clear because it's not clear. Um, yeah. And so just. I, yeah, this was a big again. Eighty percent. What the? I don't. Uh, yeah, the, the only good thing about this is that music. Yeah. Um. The the, I didn't, the animation's okay on the main character. Quite although he does have a really um, OTT jump. Yes. Yes. It's a bit <laughs> a bit much. It's, it's like a massive super. It's like a Kirk dive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a flyer uh, from from uh, Star Trek Six, um, and and I didn't get it. I just didn't understand what i was doing i couldn't find any objects to actually pick up and i wandered around for ages and then i and then also as well did you find this that whenever you ran into someone they just sort of exploded yes i didn't quite get my head around what i was doing to make that happen i thought it was but me. i was losing energy and then suddenly i was dead i was like oh yeah. i i thought oh i didn't what what am i am i some kind of uh, you know lethal don't touch me thing from an x-files of something it just was weird. I didn't get it. I didn't understand the premise of this. I didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing. I read the instructions. I read around it, and just but the game didn't bear any kind of resemblance to to that. Like you said, I guess if you're into this sort of flick screen wanderer borathon, you'd want to get something out of this. But I think the best thing was that the music was taken out of this and put in demos. Yeah, massively um, so. Just yeah, just but I, I do I do think it is weird to watch this evolution of put icons in it. <laughs> Yes, it seems yeah, it seems to be in a lot of things now, doesn't it? And I think, if I'm not mistaken, by the way, I think that the Ark Pandora music was one of the one of the pieces that was in Real Writer. And for those C64 um, people out there that have got a bit of an affinity for some of the CompuNet and some of the early demo tools that came out, Real Writer was perhaps one of the first things you might have encountered where you wrote your stuff on the screen and it replayed it back, and you could pick music to do that too. And Ark Pandora was one of those in there. I remember it well. That Formula One by Rob Hubbard was both in there. Oh, there you go. So that's not about the game, though. The game was just a wonderthon. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. No. Ark Pandora. Yes, it is Pandorian, isn't it? Yeah. Pointless (laughs) pointless clicking and silly use of icons for no reason whatsoever. So Yeah. Just if you're going to use icons, then do something with them. Or don't. If the game doesn't need them, don't don't, don't, don't don't shovel them in. Don't make me have to choose to go to the next screen. Just assume oh, if I'm so frustrating. If I, the, if I go to the edge of the screen, Just I want to go that. there. Yeah, don't don't let me move an arrow to point an a- to, to to click another arrow. No, I've already gone there. Yes, you just oh yeah no no enough of that. Anyway, that's that. That's our games from the first part. We like we like Sci Five PSI Five Trading Company whatever it is. We don't like hey, Magsy. We don't like Magsy. Right? <laughs> no, no one likes uh, Magsy. No you're one. Saying, no, no. Saying, you're saying you don't like Maxi? You're going to swim with the fishes. <laughs> uh, and, we, and we weren't particularly fond of Ark Pambora. Um, so there you go. Oh, it's a good month, isn't it? Yeah, juggle them balls. <laughs> it's a great month this this month. Yeah. Um, well, we really do play them so you don't have to. I feel to. like someone's given us a frying pan and put the done a shit in it. <laughs> so we've got a great frying pan, non-stick. <laughs> hey, Maxi, have this Cleveland steamer. <laughs> Cleveland steamer. <laughs> That is the official name for that now. That's brilliant. For you, it's a Cleveland steamer. Give him a Cleveland steamer. 
It's better than buckwheats, that. <laughs> uh, I just want to hear how many gangster voices you can say it in. I'm just trying, I'm trying to think of them now. I think I've, I've run out. You've got husky kind of guy. Give him a, a clear. You got squeaky. Give him a clear and scream out. Because that's more the early Al Pacino voice, isn't it? When he's in them early films, he does that kind of. He goes from, ah, he's up there, isn't he? And then like, later in the films, he's kind of down there. And I don't do impersonations of Al Pacino professionally. So, and with good cars. And with good cars. Uh, with, right. with the techniques of modern editing, we don't need Al Pacino. <laughs> no, we really do. We, we really do. We really get do. Al Pacino yeah. in. Yeah, quickly, yeah. And get, and get rid of him. He's rubbish. Yeah, he can bring his little friend if it helps. <laughs> but don't say hello to it. <laughs> no one says hello to his little friend. No, or right. You'll just pull him back in. Stop. <laughs> God. <laughs> right. We'll be back in a moment with films and TV from May 1986. So uh, see you when you sleep with the fishes. See you in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, DavidHearnWriter.com, where you'll find dirt cheap books. Dave's next book, Escape from the Commodore 64, sees someone stuck in their computer. They have to solve one of the games to escape. Imagine finding yourself in a house with a little computer person who's as trapped as you are. Is the only way out of the game to starve them to virtual death? It's coming soon via Amazon, Kindle and Audible. Visit DavidHearnWriter.com. That's David, H-E-A-R-N-E, Writer.com to find out more all right and we are back we are back with film and tv from may 1986 um so yeah tv what was going on in the world of tv first of may let's get on with this ah <laughs> your name just appeared on my screen <laughs> ah <laughs> Stop changing things. It was in micro. It was in micro, <laughs> micro typeface. <laughs> it was, but I could read it. That was anyway, it. you would be able to. That's true. I've got, anyway, first of May, uh, the sitcom Bread received its uh, debut airing on BBC One. I would think because of your love for the word bread, you would love this show. <laughs> I didn't really. I didn't. I don't know much about it apart from that it had. Um, it was set in Liverpool. Um, it, it was, was. Carla Lane, I believe. It is. And I can remember it had a, a family in it, and there was a real kind of cool kind of dude guy. Joe, Joe, Joey, I yeah, Joe, Joe. Joey. That's it. But I can't remember what was the name of the surname of the family. There were the. Uh, um, I can't remember what they were called. Can't remember. It'll come to but us. There was the, there was, it was a character-based sitcom, wasn't it, of a sorts? And I don't. I remember watching a couple of episodes of it, and it wasn't really my demographic at that time. I have to say, I wasn't really going to be one that was going to sit down and enjoy a good episode of bread i think my mum i think is more she i think she sat and watched it because she liked other carla lane stuff around that the time Bos so. it was the boswell, boswell family joey boswell joey boswell i remember being a granddad boswell who was kind of a bit of a character and it was just rum characters from a liverpoolian working class family making a living a bit it was a kind of a northern liverpoolian version of only fools and horses in a weird way i think in that sort of family yeah. drama with a family and granddad and uncle and all that kind of stuff and i, I don't remember being anything other than quite funny but i don't remember watching a lot of it i have to say did you watch it was you a, was you a bread um, fan i wasn't i wasn't a, ma a massive bread fan I'm, um so it wasn't I a bread of... winner for you third of may <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it was uh, it was all right. Uh, yeah, see, no, uh, I don't know where to go after that. That's so bad. <laughs> Just sometimes I'm stunned. Um, bread. Bread was, it was okay. I remember watching it because I think, my, again, you didn't have control of the TV. No. Um, so at that time on a Sunday night, you were kind of putting off going to bed. Yeah. Um, because the sooner you went to bed, the sooner you were back at school. Yeah. Um, so you wanted to stay up. And I think it usually came on, I think it was a Sunday evening. Yeah. About sort of half nine-ish. So you kind of wanted to stay up. And, and maybe as well, you also wanted to stay up. And I think That's Life was on after it. Yeah, that was on nine o'clock Sunday night, wasn't it? So it probably was yeah. Like, yeah. So you wanted, you kind of wanted to watch that. You wanted to see uh, Cyril with his uh, in his <laughs> chair do his, do his crazy stuff. Hello, and uh, you, you know, and and that's that sort of Sunday night routine. So bread, I think, became yeah. part of that. My brother, I think, my mum watched it. It was, but I mean, it was a kind of the pseudo. It was not not directly, but it was um, was it, I think it was Carla Lane's follow up to Butterflies. It was yes. Um, which I watched quite a lot. My brother loved yeah, that, and I watched like that. And I really, yeah. I really enjoyed Butterflies. It was um, that was really good. Um, I never, I think, I don't think I quite engaged with Bread as much because I think maybe I was just probably maybe got a little bit older, and this was not really aimed at me. No, I, um, as I say, I wasn't the demographic for that show at all. Yeah, but it, it was a very big. I think I remember it being a very big deal at the time, mm. um, and it did very well. I think Carla Lane was a very respected. I mean, not not think she. I know she was a very respected sort of sick. Gentle sitcom, wasn't it? I don't yes. know how you. What's the word? It's more character driven. It's whereas yeah. Only Fools and Horses, and and were more laugh, yes. you know, laughathons. These were more kind of poignant. Yeah, I don't think it had canned laughter on it or anything like that. Whereas Only Fools and Horses yeah. did. So yeah, and I, that was certainly the thing with butterflies. And I think bread bread may have been more slightly a bit a bit broader because its characters were a bit broader. I think than mm. the the butterflies one. So, but you know, it was a big deal, and it started in May nineteen eighty six. 3rd of May, a new Saturday morning TV series for children, Get Fresh, oh. hosted by Gareth Jones. Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember it, because I remember the stupid title sequence, Get Fresh! And I think this is the birth <laughs> of Timmy Mallet. He might have been made his first appearances on that, or he might have been oh, on really? something else. I, I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. It was kind of, the whole idea of Get Fresh was this kind of, it was the beginning of that idea of that language so get fresh is kind of a throw into that kind of house get fresh fresh house it's hard to describe it but it's it's a terminology that was kind of pervading was it, was it something from the melon kim thong which get fresh yeah, for the weekend yeah, that that, yeah, yeah but it's not get from fresh that for the but weekend. It, it's but it's that it's that it's that language it's that kind of right. language. so getting fresh was a a thing um you know and it, yeah. so and it was kind of it was a itv's attempt um to leap onto that kind of you know the spirit of youth of what they're talking about and the way they talk and let's you know and it had that kind of them horrible graphics that are, those tv shows had you know where it was just you know if you if you youtubed it or googled it you'd see what i mean but it's got that kind of horrible 80s style to the graphics the tonality well, is or get fresh and you know house yeah, if you vibes. just hover, hover over the link in the actual notes you'll get the you'll get the logo come up you'll you'll hate it yeah yes it's a perfect example of why i hate it yes <laughs> Yeah, so it's that oh, horrible angular triangle that looks yeah. like it looks like get cock as well in a weird way. <laughs> so, but, but you see what I mean? It's very modernist, very modern type. It does. That's, it does look like get cock. <laughs> that's a very get. modern type typographic idea. Very. It's an idea yes. that they. Need, I think there was an acknowledgement around this time that children's youth TV was missing its demographic mark by some margin, and ITV were wanting to differentiate themselves from the BBC approach to that, which was always a watch with mother kind of vibe up until theirs was always on the gentler side of youth 
approach did for this, Saturday. Did this, did this follow Tiswas? Yes, yes, it was. I think it was no, because number seventy three came after Tiswas. I think so, but this came after that. It's their it's their refresh. You know, they periodically these things go from swap shop on the BBC to Saturday live to going you know, live, going live, and, and all that kind of stuff. And this was their progression from Tiswas, which was an anarchic, crazy stuff, to number mm-hmm. seventy three, which was. I'm not even sure what you can even describe as number 73, but Sandy Togsvik in a sandwich competition tells you it was random. <laughs> and then um, and then it went to Get Fresh, which was, and I imagine it's, you know, without looking at the wiki entries or anything, I imagine it's it was trying to target a very specific demographic, probably because that's the way, because ITV is commercial, so a way to get those less toy adverts and more, you know, uh, youth teen market, maybe that's what they were trying to approach. I don't know. You'd have maybe. To, You'd have to hit up the the. Um, there are some things that came from it, though, aren't there? I, I seem to remember that the Gilbert was a character in Gilbert the Alien was in in Get was Fresh. It? I think that's where he first appeared. Ah, um, I was always a, I was always a BBC on a Saturday morning. I was a BBC kid. Yeah, same. I didn't if, do if a I lot watched of anything. ITV. It was it was going it was going live for me. Yeah, Tis was was when it ended. That was, I think that was, Tis was, was I think was the only thing. Yeah. For me. yeah, yeah, because then Tis was morphed into that awful late night thing didn't it ott was it ott oh god that was absolutely it was the adult tis was it was crap absolutely it was awful crap. just and, men in nappies and, and stuff i just quickly glanced at the wiki page for this i didn't realize that gareth jones is aka gaz top so this is gaz top yeah. so that's who it was and and um so um he would best he was known apparently for playing uh Adrian Mole didn't know that either. There you go. He want Adrian Mole. It says there that well, no, maybe he wasn't. <laughs> He's a bit old for Adrian Mole at that point. Yeah, oh no, sorry, I read it wrong. No, he wasn't. It was someone called Jan Samarco. I don't know if that was whether he featured in it or something, but either way, maybe. So anyway, yeah, that was there. That was their attempt at that demographic. I think. There we go. Twelfth of May, Naked Video started. Remember what? Naked Video? No, no, just refresh my memory because it'll probably it's come the back Scot- to me. It's the, Scot- it's the Scottish uh, sort of. Sit, not sitcom, uh, sketch show with uh, which birthed Rabsy Nesbitt. Ah, yes, 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 I do remember it now. That's the one with uh, Come to Stony Bridge. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that's the one. Yes, yeah, I had, its, it had its moments, Naked Video. Yes. Um, I wouldn't religiously watch it, but um, obviously Rabsy Nesbitt became a bit of a staple and well, a spin off. Early and... precursor to series that came later, like uh, Fast Show and yeah. other types, yes. wasn't it? So Yes, but I mean, this. Probably riffing on things like um, not the nine o'clock news. Yes, absolutely. Um, and obviously Monty Python before then. It's yeah. a ske- it's, an, it's a sketch show, but it was you know mostly remembered I think for the Rabstein's bit. Yeah, Link. totally. Yeah, uh, that, that's where he came from. But there's was, was probably lots of other things in there. Like I said, I didn't watch it religiously, but whenever it's on, because I think we kind of because it was obviously a Scottish show, and it was I think it was on Scot it was mostly on Scottish BBC. Um, so we didn't get it regularly. I don't no. think. No, I don't. Um, I don't know how scheduled south of, it was. South, south of the border. Yeah. Uh, 14th of May, <laughs> one for you. ITV airs the British television premiere of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Oh, what a cracking film that is. What a cracking film. Do you know, um, I actually saw, right, the we had a, a what we used to call, it was film club. Now, we're going back to when I was at um, junior school, and they did a film club, and they showed the black hole at one point in this film club, and there was actually a film <laughs> that this projected, and it had sound. I don't know how this was sourced or how it came to be, or I don't know any of the details. But I remember going to going in the hall, the main hall of the school I was in, and they would show this, and it was really it wasn't a great experience, but because essentially sometimes it was just the big school TV with the big you know the one that had the wings, 
<laughs> oh, the wings. And, uh, the wheels the wheels and so the wings a, that, the, that the man in the brown coat would uh, you wheel a, in. A school hall with lots of rowdy kids in it and chairs and a big TV showing Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. I remember, remember it to this day one, for several reasons. One, because I remember sitting right at the front because I, I, I love Star Trek. I'm just, I, know, I, I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm a mega trekker but i really like this and i particularly like i like star trek and i particularly like that star trek movie mm-hmm. even as a kid but i remember watching it and i remember the scene where he drops the bug into the helmet and it crawls into chekhov's ear it uh, freaked the audience out there was these four, yeah. four girls who were kind of messing about not taking star trek seriously which in my world at that time was a very serious crime <laughs> and uh, and I, I knew that was i knew that bit was coming i can't remember how i'd even seen this before but i think this is the one of the benefits of having an older brother sometimes probably on video yeah Either on video or perhaps he described it. He once described the shot-for-shot uh, shot description of Dawn of the Dead. So accurate to me, I had nightmares for weeks when I was very young. <laughs> so um, the old version of Dawn of the Dead. So, um, so I remember that. And I remember freaking these these young, youngish, I think, I wouldn't even say teenage, pre-teens, really. I don't know how old we would have been yeah. when we were watching this then. But anyway, freak them out because it's horrible, isn't it? The sequence it goes in his ear yeah, and it's absolutely. not nice. It's yeah. like a close-up shot and it's squirming and crawling. What a great film. Now, I imagine there was probably bits cut out for the ITV version because they did that a lot then. So I mm-hmm. bet this is a really heavily edited version. So there's certain don't things you can't as, edit out. But. Don't forget as well that this would have been uh, shown in 4.3. Yes. So you'd have been really, really close to uh, what's-his-face's chest. Yes, he's hairy. Because, of course, yes, Ric- he would Ricardo, have been. Ricardo, Ricardo Montalban? Is it yes, Ricardo Montalban? Ricardo Montalban, you can. Yeah, yeah. so you'd, you'd, have been, you'd have been massive. Because obviously when it's full screen, when it's widescreen, uh, you're, it's you've got some distance. It's really wide, you, yeah. Yeah, you've got some distance from his chest, but in four three, you'd, you'd be able to count the chest hairs on. You'd be, able, you know, yeah. you'd be you'd be far too close to Ricardo Montalban's chest for my liking. Absolutely, and do you know what this this Star Trek film has always been the one to beat out of all the Star Trek films, even all the ones that have come afterwards. This one has always been the one to beat. There's even a director's cut of that out now, which is really interesting uh, to watch. It's always been the one to beat, and it was great. I remember watching it on TV. I remember what I remember that what, watching that with my dad because he was a, it, he was a Star Trek fan as well. It was compulsive in our house because back then you shared a TV for the whole house, like you were described with the yeah, with yeah thing. you didn't so, have control of it. So when when that film was coming on, not only was it we told that it was on, you know, with an alarming clarity as he sounded the Star Trek bell for around the whole house. <laughs> but of course, you know, we were expected to watch it. It was like if that was on, like when two thousand and one was on the time I was, we were, you know, it was expected that we would sit and watch that. So you know. <laughs> Um, so at least this one I enjoyed because 2001 when I was watching that as a young kid I'm going what and I didn't ask questions because it was a very bad juju if you asked my dad a question while he was watching a sci-fi movie that and cowboy films he, he couldn't but um, the uh, it's a great film it still is I still watch it now great mm-hmm. I prefer 6 but that's me it's got that crappy Scooby-Doo ending in it so 6 is crap compared to 2 sorry but it is same, uh, ironically same director but it is yeah but I, I like the um you can't. You can't tell me that prison sequence is isn't is. No, it's it's not. But there's ba- there's bad bits in two as well. And the, the thing is, I there's there's there's. I'll just I'll qualify that. I think six has higher highs than two, and it's the higher highs that get me. I'm not a massive Star Trek fan. I never have been. So I get them. You know, I can take give them or take give them or take this. But you know, five is <laughs> five is just so bad. Four is funny as hell. Three's okay. Um, one is weird. Two is a really good film, and six is a really good film. But yes, that prison sequence is stupid. Um, it is. But I, I, it makes me laugh. There are I like the the level of comedy in it, and also no. it's got it's got it's got the best, the single best moment of space combat in the Star Trek films. Oh God, no, it's um, not. It is the bit where they team up on the uh, the Vulcan bird of prey coming out of the cloak. That's literally twenty t- t- seconds from that whole film. I don't care. It makes the entire film, and also it's got Kirk's dive. 
And for Kirk's dive, I'll, I'll <laughs> always watch it. No. I love no, Six. That, that, does, that cannot beat anything <laughs> in Wrath of Khan. It can't. And I tell, I you, I tell you, remember that Wrath of Khan does have an advantage over Six, which is that it's actually based on another episode. So it's a follow-up. Yes. So, it, it is, so yeah. it's got a, it has, and, it, and I suppose in all fairness, Six doesn't have that. Alpha so. Seti 5 or 6, whatever. <laughs> Al- <laughs> Alpha Seti. What's he say? Seti Alpha 5, goddammit. Oh, Seti Alpha. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I don't know it's Alpha you, Seti, right? it's Seti Alpha. <laughs> You've got to get this kind of stuff right. Um, <laughs> no, Sorry. I'm, I'm, no, but it is, it is good. And like you say, um, Six is a good, good movie in its own right. And there's an up in the ante of the effects and there's all sorts of good stuff. And it's really the last one where the characters are quite good the, the original mm. crew were quite original cast members are quite good and fun in it um and i quite like that because obviously after that comes that awful one with picard and kirk and then it goes oh, down gen- gen- generations and it goes downhill after that you get the odd one full contact is quite an okay one anyway we're not here to debate all the different star, oh, full, star yeah, first Trek contact films. full contact would be a whole different thing <laughs> it's first contact yeah, full contact should have been uh, but we're not here to debate all the different Star Treks. That's fine to say. Interesting that uh, it was on TV. And I liked it when they used to do premieres of TV movies like that. Always, yeah, because you'd always, you'd always get the... Um, I'd love to see it because you always used to get the uh, uh, the bespoke advert. Oh, yes. Um, uh, graphic. Sting. Yeah, the sting before the thing. The, yeah. The, yeah the, so the graphic, whatever. I always remember the one for Jaws where it was a really, really badly drawn shark. Yeah. It was terrible. It's like a bent shark. I think it's just, just in between, rubbish. just as it gets to the adverts, it just should just be Kirk going, Khan! Every time. <laughs> <laughs> Come get my king back. All, you, all, you, back all you get now is you're just uh, watching a programme, and that, all you get now is, and then it just cut to, oh, the Peugeot V05. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, Spons- sponsored, by, sponsored by Cadbury's. Yeah. I don't or care. The, or that get off. Volvo one that seems to be on every time. Isn't yeah. It? Or that one that's on McDelivery. Yeah. Yeah. McDelivery. Yeah. Yeah. Go that away. One. Get lost. Yeah. I hate sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> Not ours, though. I love our sponsor. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we do. But uh, we do. Yeah, this, we're talking about but this is kind of TV annoying. Thing, yeah. yeah. It's totally absolutely. different. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's very different. Is. I've always hated adverts. Always, yes. Um, that's just me. As in TV adverts, yes. <laughs> I'm qualifying this very clearly. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Cut this bit out. <laughs> <laughs> we will we'll remove this bit. <laughs> 26th of May. Uh, the Rosabat show started. Is it started or did it end? Is that when it started. That's, I thought it was on before that. Well, 1986 and 1991. I don't even know. It must have been later. But according to yeah. according to what I was looking at, it started then. Um, Terrible. I don't know. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awful. I mean, but, you know, I thought it was worth a mention since we've had the game and stuff. Um, I'm just... I, 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 was he in a different show no, for Sabbath? It's, it started, this actually started out life, according to the wiki entry, it started out life as the Freddy Star variety madhouse, and then there was a cast of oh, people... Where and, you had Russ Abbott and Cooper Man and yes, Blunder. Yes, Russ Abbott was part of Freddie Starr's show. And then ah. I'm, I'm guessing Freddie Starr at this point, something controversial happened. Could it be that he used to dress as Nazis? Or could it be that he, who knows what caused Freddie Starr's... Well, he did that, he did that uh, Fokker joke, didn't he, on Des O'Connor? Yeah, that would probably uh, see him off. Anyway, it ended up then being <coughs> the comedy <coughs> Madhouse featuring, obviously, Russ Abbott, but also Les Dennis, Bella Emberg, you know, all that lot. Michael Barrymore made him. Oh yeah, Russ Abbott's there. Madhouse, yeah. So and then it was a Russ Abbott show. Yeah, and then it was, and then it transferred over to the BBC. Ah, uh, so yeah, so it just came over to the BBC. Yes, yeah. I see. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. But it's still crap. I hated Russ Abbott. I hated the robot version of him. Yes, I was never really, you know, I. It, if you think of some of his characters, it was just kind of a. They did that a lot. That, that kind of character thing. Freddie, Freddie, Freddie. I have to say Freddie Mercury then. Um, <laughs> uh, Kenny Everett did a lot of that kind of similar kind of thing where he just had some 
Gizzard Puke character and Sid Snart and just characters like that. And he was no different. So he had Cooperman, but he also had See You Jimmy, which is kind of the Scottish guy. That's what I mean. Just, yeah, that but, kind but, of thing. And just not but funny. But Kenny Everett was, was, was funny. Yeah. And of course, remember the song he wrote was Songs of Joy and Tears of Laughter. Well, it was actually, wasn't any tears of laughter for me. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, no, no joy either. No, no, it wasn't uh, great. And I'm surprised no. it went on for that long. It was seven series, that seven series. Goodness me. I mean, don't forget, this is the time of Little and Large as well. Yeah, Primetime prime like, Saturday night TV. Yeah, is it light entertainment, wasn't it? So sketch show, very, light entertainment, you know, there was quite a few of them around at that time, I think. Yeah, there, was. there you go. Much TV, films. Now, we've been referencing the wrong film for the last few episodes with uh, oh, Billy Ocean. Oh, yeah. Um, because obviously we should have guessed because no one wanted to, no one would have known anything about Romance in the Stone before it was out. So 2nd of May, The Jewel of the Nile appears, which is the follow-up to Romancing the Stone, which yes. is, I think it's a couple of years earlier. With John Wilder, um, yes, that's right, and John Wilder. So was Kathleen Turner, uh, Michael Douglas, and Danny DeVito. And we've we've had the song. The song was number one for ages. Yeah, uh, when the going gets tough by Billy Ocean, um, and this is the the follow up. So this is a, a different kind of film. Um, has a bit of a they've tried to go all messagey with this rather than just being a sort of high hokum adventure. They've tried to go a bit different. And yeah, yeah. This isn't as good as the first one. No. Um, and has terrible effects. Very bad. It has really, really bad effects when he comes walking through the flames towards the end. Um, <laughs> it's really bad. The, the, and, and they I, must be bad because you remember them and that's a sign of a bad seen effect. This, I haven't seen this film for years. I mean, that is the um, sign I, of a bad yeah, effect, isn't it? Yeah, you know, this sticks in my head. And I remember at the time going, oh, that's really bad. Um, but yeah, it's not... It, 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 it obviously trade you know i think the thing was romancing the stone was kind of an unexpected hit yes um i'm not sure people were expecting it to be as big as it was and i think you know it, because it was fun it was unusual it had a good chemistry between the two leads and obviously as soon as something's a hit in hollywood sequel is written yeah and 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 this just has that feel of let's just make another one and people like these characters and we'll you know we'll call it the jewel of the nile and we'll say they're going after the jewel but it likes to be a person and yeah. uh pfft, it all got a bit mystical and well, stupid. Kathleen Turner was very popular at this time as well, wasn't she? She was yes. a very, very attractive-looking actress back in the day, yeah. and she was, you know, she was in a lot of these films. Um, I remember her from mainly from Mammoth Two Brains, actually, and her role in that. But um, I remember her being in these films, and you know, <laughs> what are those assholes doing by the door? It's pronou- they're pronounced azaleas. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mama Two Brains. <laughs> pointy bird, you pointy, can, pointy. Yeah, you can you can murmur all you like. Murmur, 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 murmur. Yeah, so I remember so her mainly from that, um, and obviously in that she's kind of scantily clad and kind of a you know a, a sort of predatory woman, and so she's a very different actress in this, of course. But yeah, and she did Pritchett's Honor as well. There was yeah. there was Big lots of things, hit, and, and she, she would go and yeah, and she would go on to be uh, Chandler's dad in yes, Friends. Yes, there's a turn up. Yeah, Kathleen yeah. Turnup. Good, great, yeah. great bit of a uh, casting. That really good. She was also um, but, Jessica Rabbit, man. The voice of Jessica Rabbit, in Roger Rabbit. Yes, yeah. yeah, she wasn't bad. She was just drawn that way. She was just drawn that way. I'm not bad. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that was that's good. It's it's, okay. it's not bad. The Jewel and Jewel and Nile. It's just not as good as Romance in the Stone. No. Uh, the Cotton Club was out also in that day. So that's uh, Richard Gere. Oh, it's uh, the Coppola movie, isn't it? It is. It's also. Uh, we could we could draw a parallel with that and uh, hey Muggsy because <laughs> it's about nineteen twenties nineteen twenties. So it's Richard Gere doing Muggsy. Oh, Muggsy, have you seen my latest film? Got is it Diane Lane is in that as well? I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's a, it's about a club. I, yeah. I've, I've, I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, I've heard of it and know of it, but I've never watched it. It's not no, my cup of tea. It's not on my Coppola list, I'm afraid. 
No, no, that's my couple of list is quite short. Yeah. Um, but and, and that's not on it. Uh, 9th of May though was the Money Pit. Oh, that's the, uh, what's his name? That's the Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, that's Tom, it. Tom Hanks, Shelley Long. Um, yeah. I have a soft spot for that film. I quite like that film. Well, you have a soft a, spot for early Tom Hanks movies, though. I do have a soft spot. Things like Bachelor Party. Yeah, um, Money Pit. That, that's good. Money Pit. Um, obviously Big, I suppose, is in that what's period. The one where he's, uh, is, is he in Splash? Dragnet, Splash. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's, uh, the Money Pit, he's, he's just likeable. And there's a great sequence in that where he gets stuck in the floor. Rich, which never, yeah, he just never, sinks never, into never, the floor, yeah. <laughs> And he's just stuck there for ages. Yeah, it's just the his performance. He he was a really really good comic performer in the eighties. Yes, he was. Um, he, he was just you know, and I think also the Burbs. Yeah. Um, I love the Burbs. Um, but the Money Pit is is it's not laugh out loud funny, but it's just it, 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 there's something about it that is sort of endearing and a bit nice. And it, you know, they they buy the, for those who don't know the Money Pit, they buy this house and to to do it up. Um. But it becomes a money pit. It becomes everything they try and fix goes wrong, and they just end up pumping all their money. And their relationship goes to because of him and Shelley Long, who you may remember as the as Diane in Cheers. That's right. Um, uh, they they you know eventually they fall out. It's typical these things do. Their the relationship comes under strain because of all the playing. But this is light-hearted comedy, so eventually they they realise that their relationship is more important than the house itself and anything materialistic. Yes, I believe I believe is that. So it's a, you know, it's, a, it's a nice film. It's harmless. It's it's okay. I, I enjoyed myself. I think I went to Wicked to see that. Did you really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Went with my brother. I think um, I went to Wicked to see pretty much anything I could. Sixteenth um, of May Actually, though, which the, I think um, is the best film. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say on the uh, I just on a little little linkage. I noticed that John uh, Joe Mantegna is in um, the Money <laughs> Pit, and of course he does the voice of uh, yes, the yard trimmings. For the gangster in The Simpsons. So it's just linking it back to Maxi. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Joe Mantegna, isn't he? Um, Mantegna. Is he thingy in The Matrix as well? The one who dobs them in. Who, yeah, is that Joe Mantegna? I, that. I, can, I, I can only ever hear him as Fat Tony in Simpsons. Oh, no, I'm thinking of someone different. That's the uh, only one is I he think Memento, is he, Who's he in Is he Memento? I don't matter. Anyway, yeah. Go with your heart. Go with your heart. <laughs> I will move these yard trimmings elsewhere. <laughs> Uh, 16th of May, the best film of the month. Uh, the Hitcher yes, is released. Yes, no argument there. Um, not the uh, awful remake. No. The original. So for those who haven't seen The Hitcher, The Hitcher is uh, Rutger Hauer, C. Thomas Howell, and what's the name? What's the name? Bridget Fonda, is it? Jennifer Fonda? Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason the, uh... Lee. Sorry, Jennifer Jason Lee. They were in that um, single white female together, so I get mixed up. Um, so The Hitcher is a really dark, brutal mm. thriller. Um, in which C. Thomas Howell is driving a rental car across America and he's in the middle of, what, is it Arizona or somewhere? He's in the middle of the sort of yeah, Nevada desert, yeah, yeah, Arizona like desert that. area. And he picks up this hitchhiker who turns into, turns out to be a psychotic, crazy killer. Yeah. Played by, played incredibly brilliantly and so chillingly, he's bleakly by uh, Rutger Hauer. It's, um, everyone goes on about a Roy Batty performance, but I think this is his standout performance for me. It's, it's incredible. He's mm. so, it's, it's just, there's so, oh, there's so many good moments in this. Um, and it's beautifully shot, uh, yeah. directed by Eric Red. It's got a, a real, um, dark sense of and there's some horrible moments in it um and it's just brilliant it's one of my uh, one of my favorite 80s sort of cult classics yes i would argue um it's just if you haven't seen the hitcher and you are listening to these and you listen to our film reviews or film what we love to say about films go see it because it's a, it's a, it's a hidden 80s gem yes um, it is 
Um, yeah, I can't say enough about it. But don't watch the two thousand, it's two thousand seven, two thousand six no, remake. No, 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 no. Watch, no. watch the original. It is bleak. It is dark. It is brutal. Um, and it's just there's a sequence um, in uh, like there's, a, there's so so many good sequences. There, but the sequence in the police station is amazing. Yep. Um, the sequence when the when he when the the family drive past him in the car and. He's got all the toys, and it's so so good. It's so bleak. Um, there's not a lot of gore or horror or anything in it, but it's all kind of alluded to, isn't it? It's all off screen almost. Yeah. But what's alluded to is grim as hell. But it's ace. Love it. Great it film. Is. So it go is. watch that. It's exceptionally good. Um, just for a couple of notes, it's Robert Harmon who directed it. Um, Was it Eric Red wrote it? Eric Red wrote it. Yeah. It's actually the, yes. um, he only ever Sorry. made four movies. The guy that made that. Yeah. Why I don't know because it's an amazingly good film. Um, so definitely, I'm not going to say any more about it because what you said is absolutely accurate. The one thing I would say is that I don't know if you know, but well, you must know. But in the remake, they changed the ending completely. Mm-hmm. So, so just don't expect to come out of this with happy vibes if you watch the original. Because the, if you've seen the the, orig- the remake, the en- the ending is completely different in the original. And I would recommend that you watch the original because it is it's great. Yes. And Rutger Hauer is really good. And I think you're right. Everyone talks about Blade Runner and Rutger Hauer, but it's actually it's only really the last twenty minutes where you see Roy Batty. He's not in it a lot, so he's no, only really in it for that sequence where he's chasing Deckard around that empty building in in um in the house where that guy lived i forget his name now but um you know where he's, sebastian, yeah, yeah. so he's in jf sebastian's house isn't he and he's chasing down and that obviously that sequence on the roof with the jumping the letting go of the bird and the this famous speech and all that yeah it's amazing but there's moments in this that are ch- genuinely chilling mm. and you're right and just you know i'm not even going to say them because I, I i know exactly what you mean when you say them i know exactly the sequences and the bit in the police station the only other time I've seen a film in certain ways that has the same kind of desert-related evil chilling vibe to the person in it is No Country for Old Men in certain certain scenes in that, um, where, there's, yeah. where there's sort of... And it's nothing... They're not even comparable films in any other respect other than the sense of menace you get from that character. And in The Hitcher, it's a lot better, in fact, than No Country for Old Men. But yes, I think that is. I'm pretty sure that um, they would have watched that, watched The Hitcher and other films of that type to get the kind of idea of that lone, that, the guy that's just totally and utterly, completely mental and loony in every way. So, yeah, um, yeah I couldn't agree with more. Easily the best film in that list. And then we yeah. got to the bottom of the list, but that's easily the best one so far. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yeah, another one, that sort of deserty kind of sort of neo-noir style sort of horror thing I've put in uh, Near Dark as well. Yeah, that's, um, now that was an interesting, wasn't it? Because that's Kathleen Bigelow, isn't it? Catherine Bigelow, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Near Dark is another really great film of that. Around that time, there's a few of these genre-twisting, darker movies come around but, um, that really defy your expectations about what you got. You'd, I, I was never lucky enough to go and see this at the cinema at the time. I'd love to have been old enough to do that because I can't imagine how going to see this with no expectations of what's going to happen and, and, and what well, the horrors unfolding themselves. Um, I can't imagine how, that must have been because you would not have expected it to go the way it does in, in, no. in any capacity in that film. It's all quite horrible. Um, so, and the only time I've been in a movie in the cinema where I've really experienced a movie that really turned people was when I went to see Jeepers Creepers in the cinema. And that went from people being thinking it was kind of a funny, jovial, oh, it's going to be about this and that, to when that thing sprouted wings, there was gasps of horror. The one, mo- the one moment. Yeah. That's, that's that, it's that moment in the middle of the film where the film yeah. just changes into something completely different. Yeah, yeah and it's, and it's and really, and really there's good. A, a great realisation when you're watching that and with a room full of people that aren't expecting it. Because I didn't expect it. And I, even I was like, what the hell is this? Because it's 
And it's a subtle change in that movie, but Hitch is like that all the way through and much earlier in, so definitely go check it out. Yeah, indeed. Um, and last, our last film, 30th of May, because people needed two weeks to get over the Hitcher. Um, <laughs> At least. <laughs> um, was uh, Biggles. We'll see the game of this in a, in a few issues time, a few episodes time, I imagine, because I remember the game. Yeah. Uh, do you remember Biggles, the film? I remember the f- I remember the film by the name Biggles. I don't remember being big on Biggles as, it's a, weird. as a character. It's, it's, well, it's a it's a time traveling it's a time traveling sound weapon film. Yeah, <laughs> which is odd at best. <laughs> so basically, some guy goes back from the future to Biggles' time, and but then no, or Biggles comes from the past to get some tech. Or the Germans have gone to the future to get some technology to make this sound weapon. That's right. Um, this, um, and then they they go. There's, there's time traveling shenanigans because there's people. There's a guy from the future. There's Biggles from the past. There's they're flying around. There's and then they end up playing the sound back at the speakers. It's all very bizarre. The only thing I really remember about it is a sequence that I really remember about it is, that, and it stuck with me forever. And I, I did watch it quite a few times. I remember we used to have this on video, and I'd watch it quite a lot. But uh, there's a sequence, and, and they're on a train, and I think they're running along a train, but it has this really weird, almost Marlena Dietrich-esque type music playing over the top. And it's so incongruous that that, in, that that sequence and that music has stuck in my brain for over 30 years. And I don't know why, because it's so weird, but you watch it, and you're like, you know when Ladyhawk's another one yeah. with its incongruous music? Yeah, yeah, but this yeah. little little sequence, you, it just your brain can't... You, you're thinking, who thought... You know what will fit really well on this part of the film? This bit of music. Yeah. Who thought that and why? Because I, you, I could never quite understand it. It's an. It, the, I just remember Biggles. It's an okay British time traveling action weirdness that was supposed to kickstart Biggles as some action hero in the eighties, and I don't really think that worked, did it? No. And you know what? The guy that made that's got some really weird credits to his list. Has he gone? So you've got, he's, this is the guy that made Return to Witch Mountain and Escape from Witch Mountain for Disney. What, the new ones? No, the obviously the original 1970s ones. Oh, the originals. Yeah. Okay. Um, he made the pilot for Dempsey and Makepeace. <laughs> wow. Everything is forgiven. He made The Howling Four. <laughs> Christ. Who is he? What's his name? Uh, John Hoff. How, or how? H-O-U-G-H. So John Hoff, I guess. Um, but there's some interesting stuff in there. He was, he was actually, he looks like he's cut his teeth on the... Avengers. He was a second unit director of the TV show The Avengers. So you know, okay. John Steed and and all yeah. that. And then it's he, he directed Twins of Evil. <laughs> oh wow! So, <laughs> so he's a Hammer Hammer veteran. Yeah. So he's done Hammer. He's directed Disney stuff. He did the new Avengers. Incubus was one of his in 1981. He did Triumphs of a Man Called Horse. I mean, we even joked about it the other week. <laughs> Good luck. So it, honestly, but he's, it looks to me like the CV of one of those unit, second unit, first unit director directors that can just get the bloody job done. Yeah. You know, a job in director. So, and that's why it's probably a competent film. Um, so interesting. I find it, what, what a versatile guy he really is looking at that CV. So I might have to go, <laughs> I might track Biggles down now because I don't remember even seeing it. Just because I'm intrigued of how someone went from making Twins of Evil <laughs> yeah, to a film to about a time-travelling uh, biplane flyer. So yeah. I'm interested. I'm interested it's in a, that. It's a strange film, Biggles. I I, I remember there were, there were problems with it that you, you there were I was aware of at the time, but I kind of gave it a bit of a free pass because it had some interesting ideas. And I'm always a bit of a sucker for a time-travel film. Yes, yes, um, I have to agree. So there Same. you go. Yep. All right, there you go. That's your TV and, uh, uh, TV and film for May 1986. So Bread... Get Fresh, Naked Video, Star Trek 2, Russ Abbott, and then our standout film is The Hitcher, 
although Jules and Al's are right, and Biggles is money pit are good as well. So go see them. There you go. Uh, we'll be back in a moment, I guess. We've got nothing more to add on that. Uh, with our final set of games from issue 13 of Zap 64. So stick with us. <laughs> Shout out to our sponsor, davidhernwriter.com, where you'll find bargain books and audiobooks. Dave's next book, Escape from the Commodore 64, sees someone trapped inside their computer. Finding themselves as a wizard with a cat who must colour their world, can they get through the game, or will a virtual guitar solo announce their demise? It's coming soon. Visit davidhernwriter.com, that's David, H-E-A-R-N-E, writer.com, to find out more. Dave's podcast pick is PSI 5 Trading Company, where he always seemed to hire a dodgy crew. Know exactly what you mean. Okay, here we go. Welcome back. Uh, We've got three last games for you. Um, I can only apologise. Um, but that's that's what we've got left. One <laughs> our fault. No, it's not us. I tried to pick. I tried to pick a good game for each one, and you know the the ratings in Zap seem to be all over the place because I'm not quite sure about some of these ratings you're about to hear. Um, the first one though is uh, a very low rating. This is 24. percent This is Mr. Mephisto. Um, not to be confused with Mr. Fisto um, <laughs> from um, from He Man, which yes. I would love to play a game of. Um, I'm not playing that game to- with you. <laughs> You find someone else to be Mr. Mephisto with. So, for those who don't know, Fisto was a man with a giant metal hand in... Uh, not Mr. Mephisto, I'm just going to go off a little bit. Mr. F- Miss Fisto is a character in He-Man who's got a giant Mr. metal... Mr. Fisto to you. <laughs> Mr. Fisto is, is a character in, in uh, He-Man with a giant metal hand. Now, when I read around, you know, I was, I was quite interested in his backstory, and I found out that his brother had made him this metal fist because his, his original giant hand had got chopped off. Now, he's only got one giant hand, so I would have thought that the last thing he would want is to be reminded that he was kind of slightly, you know, misproportioned. Dispro- he yeah, want dis- a normal dysmorphic, hand. yeah. Yeah, you know, give him a normal hand. He said... Look at what you, you know, it's the bullseye. Look at what you could have won. Look at what you lost. Um, so they gave him another metal hand that was equally massive. Well, and his, and his name's, I mean, his name's Fisto, which is not doing him any favors. No, but if you think about it, right, if they, because he'd have massively wide tree trunk like wrists on that hand. <laughs> so if you put a little thin normal hand on a massive thick <laughs> wrist, it looked like someone had inflated one of those inflatable gloves and just put it over a stump. <laughs> it looked like a bit from Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, it looked weird. It looked weird. No, so I can see why why you went for the yeah, big, okay. big hand, little hand sort of thing. Yeah, but a metal hand is going to weigh a lot more than a flesh bony well, hand. Yeah, but he's, he's obviously got the strong arm to, to, to wield that and yeah, he doesn't have okay. a lot of encounters with he-man in that he-man tv show i have to say in the animated cartoon i don't know if he's in it no. much no. well it's probably because he's a problematic character well yes if you've got a giant fister um, in <sighs> there, there. so no what where are you gonna go <laughs> yeah. what's he gonna do you know you'd never team him up with ram man <laughs> ram man and fisto now there's a, there's the, if, as soon as you hear that skeleton's like i am out of here <laughs> he-man i'm out of here god <laughs> lord hey magsy <laughs> he-man Fisto, no, no, no way. Ow! Stop. <laughs> Mr. Mephisto's crap, by the way. Yeah, in case you're wondering. Yeah, in case you're wondering. Uh, so, what the hell is this? 
I think is what the well, what the fuck is this? Was my comment. Um, it's 1984, so we've got throwback central. We're in May 1986. Uh, so I put it's, it's Doughboy esque, cross the screen garbage from another era. Um, terribly slow and horrible controls. It looks like it wants to be Castle to Doctor Creep, but couples the awful graphics with awful gameplay. Um, I could never get across to it. So what you see is a kind of pseudo 3D view of a of a I don't know, it's a, like a drawbridge or some steps going towards a door at the top. There are some crap hunchback crippled devils <laughs> demon things yeah demon things that are wandering that, that, are, that are sort of lost cripple, cripplingly towards you moving randomly around you move so slowly you can't move diagonals you've got to cross this bridge and get across the side you, you're if you're touched and not just touched but um because this is 3d you'd expect some kind of overlap whether we get no 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 sprites as soon as I touch, you're done. You sent back to the beginning. This awful sound. It, I, oh, this is garbage. This was one of the worst games I've played in a while. Yeah, I, knew, um, I knew you'd love this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you messaged me, go. Some game's going to make you angry, and you were right. It did. It annoyed me. Um, <laughs> this was utter crap. There's nothing salvageable. You know, there's nothing worth worthy of note in this piece of garbage no. hated it rubbish crap yeah. Did, was any anything further no the only thing there's a few th- it's a couple of things firstly kudos to the people that made a uh, escalator based game because that's unusual <laughs> yeah that's it yes so you know that was what got, I, I, I couldn't make my way up the escalator it was impossible secondly pseudo 3d moving escalator this wins and the, this wins the first is- first um, issuing of my merion award what i like to call my merion award <laughs> uh, and the merion award is a game that's made me want to shout be gone foul demon and call a call an exorcist to come and sprinkle holy water on my computer screen because it was just so awful that this can only been an attempt by some demon from another world to try and circumvent uh, electricity and the wires and become a, a rational thing in front of my eyes so this, this wasn't a game this wasn't a c64 game this was a c64 possessed by something so I needed Merin. It, this is gets the Merin Award. It's awful. Crap sounds. Just a game where you're climbing a, an escalator stairs difficultly because you're going up a down escalator, which is yes, always hard to are. do anyway. Even, you know, it's just stupid. I want my money back and I didn't even pay for it. That's what I put. <laughs> I know. It's two ninety five, wasn't it? Anyway, I don't care if I never see that game again as long as I live. This is this is one and a half thrusts. Yes, it's one and a half thrusts. At 24% zap, I think we're over generous with it. I'd have given it a lot lower than this. It was crap. So, yeah, this is this rubbish. is just this rubbish. to me was on par with that game garbage we saw for uh, one bite too deep and gertie goose and yep. cops and robbers and that nonsense it awful like a, a, another a game out of time being released i'm looking at the screenshot for it now and it's just ugh. yeah so mr mephisto um half the review spent on he-man i think that tells you yeah. all you need to know yeah just don't even <laughs> think about it and if you do find it appears on your c64 maxi mini or real c64 <laughs> Call, get on the Father Merrin hotline, get Merrin round, and just get him to start shouting, the power of Christ compels you at your computer. It, it might go. It might just go. It might not, though. And you might be condemned to death yeah, and doom and see, despair yeah, and eternal yeah, damnation exactly. you on, that, on that escalator. It'll crawl upon, you see 64 crawl up onto the ceiling and start swearing at you. <laughs> So, or you might crawl up on the ceiling and start swearing at it. I don't know which will It'll happen just first. Puke, puke out green gunk from its cartridge yeah, port on your head. Exactly. Just And you know what? No game should feature that much escalator. So. No, no, it shouldn't. So let's move on. To 
our penultimate game, which is Doctor Who and the Minds of Terror. Now, knowing you're a Doctor Who fan, I've passed this. I passed this. I let you have this one, so because I thought you might you might get something from it. I don't know. Maybe. Well. Did you? So when we're talking about over generous um, numbers for games, I think this actually win, might win the award for this episode. I don't know for this issue. Um, so this is a Doctor Who game and specifically a particular incarnation. I'll come to that. So this is essentially a game where you are wandering around the, the world of the game and you've got to try and um, retrieve some plans that have been stolen from the Time Lord and return them safely to halt the production of the Master's evil stuff. I forget the name of it now. I wrote it down, but I can't find what I called it anyway. Is the plan is the Master's going to do this stuff. So you uh, you walk around the screen left and right. You've got ladders and things to climb on, things to climb. There's loads of things that can, can move pretty freely, actually. So you've got to explore and find your way around to the, retrieve these stolen plans and, and go around and, and sort of do all of those things. There's loads of ways you can die in this game. I've died just by falling over. So, and I don't remember Doctor Who being that weak, but this is actually the a sixth Doctor. So that means one, two, three, four, five. That means it's Colin Baker, which is kind of right because he's got curly hair, the sprite. Now, yeah. I don't like Colin Baker as the Doctor, okay? No. I, he's, my, he's my second least favourite Doctor of all time. The award Behind for the still. winner going to Sylvester McCoy because I think he's awful. So so it's not a great Doctor to base it on. There's a You've got a little cat in it called Splinks as well. I know why you haven't got K9 in it. I don't know, but I do know why. The, there's supposed to be Daleks in it, but they don't look like Daleks. They look like how kids draw Daleks. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Were they supposed to be Daleks? Yeah, but uh, and I tell you, I really, know, uh, and I tell you why they're not in it because the the rights to how Daleks look is owned by Terry Nation, who created the uh, Daleks. So you can't okay. just, you can't just use Daleks in a Doctor Who game and hope to get away with it. Which made me wonder about exactly where the licensing sat for this, because the TARDIS doesn't look like the TARDIS. It doesn't have Daleks look like Daleks, and K Nine is now a cat called Splinks. Are they Kellad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's it's or got Skellad. it has Doctor Who tropes, but there are mysteries to this so mystery number one why has it got March of the Toreadors from Carmen as the soundtrack I don't know we may never know that um, so when you're playing the game, you get dun 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 dun, dun, dun and all of that. So it's weird. Um, I thought I just thought the Doctor Who theme might have been more apt. Then I realised licensing, and I and I started to get the feeling that this was Doctor Who in everything but in name, and maybe that's it. Um, mm-hmm. So it's Doctor Who, but not as we know it. There's a lot of mileage in a Doctor Who game around using the TARDIS to move around the levels, which they don't do. Um, for some reason, this is just a wander around, climb up and down ladders, and you know, find things kind of game. Now they gave, and the graphics are okay, they look okay, but it doesn't look much like the Doctor. Well, maybe a little bit, but it doesn't look much like the, the Tardis, and the Daleks don't look like that. And some of the characterizations of things aren't right. So, with all of those things in mind, um, all of the ways that you can die, whether you fall, robots, you know, you've got you regenerate and stuff like that, and it's got some of the do- Doctor Who tropes in it. But the problem is, it's, I didn't feel like there was much Doctor Who game there, so it, I was. So going into this wanting to play a, a Doctor Who game and I came out of it feeling like it could have been any old character and it didn't really need matter with Doctor Who mm-hmm. um, and at 11.95 it mystified me as to why it's so expensive so I don't got to pay, got to pay for whatever licence they got somehow yeah well that's what I'm thinking so they but I think the only w- words they could use were Doctor and Who I don't think they were allowed to do anything else so and, and well I think that maybe you know you, you, you're you're selling to maybe an audience that will pay because it's got Doctor oh, Who on the cover it, you know and, so let, let's stick an extra couple of quid on they'll pay yeah, for it and i think there's there's just not enough doctor who in this game to make it really feel like it and that's a bit of a shame um 
the scrolling and the the, the actual game code and the, the way it works is quite it's quite nice. The animation's okay. It's, it's, that's all of that. It just didn't feel like there was a lot of Doctor Who game in there. You know, the Doctor does a lot more than just wander around and climb up ladders. So, um, and there's an entire wing of the game missing where you could go in the TARDIS and time travel for goodness sake. I and mean, we even saw a game about two episodes ago where you had a time traveling elf who wielded a baguette, as I recall. So, <laughs> um, you know, if they could what do was it, that? I can't remember which game oh, that, it was now. Oh, it's thinking, it's gnome, it's the gnome. No, time, time traveling gnome. Yes, the time tunnel. So, it, it, there are ways it can be done. So, why wouldn't you do that in a game that features a time lord in a time machine that travels through time <laughs> and space? Why? But I'm guessing it's because they couldn't. And that I think this, I think they had big ideas going into this, and in reality, they were beaten by licensing issues. I think, but uh, and there might be someone out there far more knowledgeable about Doctor Who in uh, in our listenership, or far more knowledgeable about this particular game who can shed some light on that. And I'd be very interested to hear from them in you know in, via the email or via all our communication channels just to see if there's a there is a bit of a licensing story around that and maybe something happened i'm just fascinated by a doctor who game that features none of the main characters none of the main look and feel and doesn't use the tardis and doesn't feature the doctor who music i'm fascinated how that came to be a doctor who game and so but that was my take so i think it was a big disappointing snoozer and i didn't like it so yeah um so i think this is a ripoff of another game which i think is quite close to this which was the paul norman it's a paul norman game called caverns of kafka right i've just, okay. li- just put i've just put a link to it on uh, lemon 64 in the in the thing there um it'll show you some of the screenshots um which is very very similar i was looking at paul norman because obviously we've mentioned paul norman a few times with uh forbidden forest uh super huey monster trivia and so i was looking at paul newman and so i've watched a playthrough of caverns of kafka and this looks very similar oh that is it similar scrolls, yeah. it, it scrolls very similarly so this feels like uh the they've, they've gone for that now obviously wandering around but the 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 with the way you move the way you jump in that game if you if you do watch a youtube clip of it it's very very similar so it, it feels like um it feels like it's a bit smoother and it's a bit nicer because it's a couple of years on it does scroll quite nicely the graphics are a bit muddy but it's a recognizable doctor you know i kind of get that the splinks is quite clever in the fact you know the way you can program it to do certain things but it's very obscure as to actually how what you have to to do to actually get it to do anything um you have to lay down markers and then go along a it's almost like anime you know an animation yeah um thing that you've got to kind of program on and that's quite tricky so it, there's, there's some ambition here but i just think i think you're right it doesn't feel doctor who enough there's not not enough recognizable doctor who tropes or no. doctor who because i was going to say i got killed by what did i get killed by the mad drag or something Yes. Um, and I was going to ask you, are they, are they a Doctor Who no, creature? No, not that I know of, no. And I've just noted, by the way, having a quick scan, um, that it was apparently, it began life as a sequel to the hit BBC microgame Castle Quest and was adapted into Doctor Who mid-development, which kind of tells you everything. So we, we, I suppose what that says is our radars are very are right about this because yeah. that's, you know, it felt like it was a game that had Doctor Who clothes on. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what it is. And, and, and the, the Splinks... It's quite clever, but it's just a bit obscure and it's just a bit weird. So I, I did actually, because I couldn't figure it out, I'm, I wasn't going to give it enough time to, to actually try and dig into it. So I, I quickly watched a YouTube and I, I watched how to solve the first puzzle. And I was like, what? It was so obscurely weird. And I was like, no, no, it's just no. You die too quickly. I don't like, we had that, um, not quite as bad, but do you remember Knockout? Yes. The, uh, the alligator uh, 
boxing game where when it was the game over they had that terminally incredibly long scrolling message that went across the top this had a similar sort of thing you died by regenerate you regenerated by whatever against blah blah by being killed scrolling across the top don't t- i don't care i saw what i got killed by just get me back on game uh yeah, so it just looks like a Cavern to Kafka knockoff to me. I'm sure Cavern to Kafka was probably based on something else, but there's, there's clearly a lineage of these kind of wandering around caves that look like this, don't scroll like this. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if it's what what the who connection is, how, where they got the where they got the license, well, how it got involved. Is uh, there more to more yeah, to tell? Well, apparently the only thing I can ascertain looking at because I don't want to deep dive into the world of Doctor Who too much, really. <laughs> um, but from what I can see, um, it's quite famous for its introduction of close to, so the Aldi version of Doctor Who, um, so Splinks the Cat and things like that, as opposed to it being um, actual, because they didn't get the licensing for, and they didn't get the rights to use those things for the doc- from the actual Doctor Who universe. Hence the reason why it's got robotic controllers, aka Daleks, and a Splinks instead of a canine and that kind of thing. So apparently it's kind of well known for that. And it was also, ba- and like you say, it was, it was actually another game that was kind of shoehorned. Mm. The, so I wonder why they did that, actually again something for our wonderful listeners out there who know this stuff because there are people who know crazy stuff about these things to be able to perhaps just give us a, a tip of the wink on the old twitter thon yeah, yeah. And, um, um, and do that and also and also explain why it got 86 percent. i don't get that <laughs> i don't get it i read the review and i it just felt i, I don't know I, I i i don't get it i've read and i've reread that review and i don't get what they're looking at compared to what i was looking at because i just don't get it they, they gave i know i know that there's a lot of doctor who stuff in the manual that came with it there's a whole exploration of Doctor Who universe stuff which like you say for those fans of Doctor Who lap that kind of stuff up and rightly so it's their thing um, then of course it's going to get that they gave it 92% for presentation so it had all that stuff in it but 81% for hookability 89% for last ability come on value for money mm-hmm. where where do they what how I know right? just mystery it's a mystery it's I think Doctor Who's been back in time and he's changed that <laughs> So. It's the kind of thing <laughs> that sixth co- doctor would do. He was devious and he was and he had you know he was a complex character. <laughs> and on that note <laughs> he was devious and complex. <laughs> we have a friend like that. <laughs> we do. <laughs> oh dear. Alright, let's move on to our last game. Um that's Doctor Who in the Minds of Terror. That was that one. That's not our last game. last game is uh, uh, Super Bowl 20 or Super Bowl XX Super Bowl 20 and so yeah this is Super Bowl so Super Bowl is American football it is the American it's the, essentially it's the FA Cup yeah um, it's the FA Cup of American football except the entire season it's the weird thing isn't it and, and they don't have anything else American yeah. football is all just geared towards the Super Bowl yeah so you have all you have all these teams and all these groups and then the best group best teams go through to the to the playoffs and then they all I don't know. They all have games against the other. Only two are left, and then they have a Super Bowl, and then the winners are crowned. Mm -hmm. Hey, repeat next year for millions. Um, So, Super Bowl is American football. It's as but uh, this game, it's American football is played by Dot with a massive animated with a big animated replay screen, and that's it really. Mm. There's not much more to say about this. That's why I've left it to last because I was thinking, you know, what what the hell can we say about this? It's it's okay. It's a game based around Super Bowl Twenty, which is weird because it's the Chicago Bears versus the New England Patriots. If I mm-hmm. if I, I pick it up rightly, correct. So you pick up you pick a play, you run your pass. It sort of works. 
but it's essentially a number of dots chasing a slightly larger brown dot. Yep. The animations at the side are impressive, though. I do like the big screen imp- animations. Mm, They're that. very nice. Uh, the pre- but the presentation's a bit bare bones. Yeah. That's it. There's nothing else to it. And it really could have done with more to it. A game based on the single Super Bowl game itself seems odd. It yeah. seems really weird. It's like it's like licensing the FA Cup final between Liverpool and Wimbledon. Yeah. That's it. Because that's the equivalent of this. Or the, the European Cup between uh, Notts Forest and whoever they beat. And that's it. That's what this game is. It's essentially one game. So, it, you know, you'd expect different teams because if you're not a fan of the Bears or the Patriots why would you buy this if you're into your American football yeah now there are other American football games out at this point that I had a look around and there were some um, and this plays alright Zap loved it they didn't they, they gave it 90% yeah. and a sizzler they did uh, I, I just I couldn't see it I, I think my brother bought it at the time and I think we were quite disappointed because it's essentially dots with you know animated replays and yeah. and it's quite tricky to control you can, you can kind of get used used to it but and at times as well it's very easy to outfox the ai just by running back and forth until you get a gap and then you can run around the side of him and run to get a touchdown yeah and that's quite easy to do and you can do that regularly and the the score then becomes pointless and stupid um in two player i don't know maybe it's all right it's what else is it do you have anything to add i don't know what else to say about this because it's so it's fundamentally that it's the super bowl yeah it is and i think one of the reasons i suspect why it's the way it is is because they probably couldn't afford the licensing to have any more teams in it because it was gonna it would cost you a lot yeah probably so I think because they based it around that particular and in, in the I think if I remember rightly Chicago absolutely hammered New England in that original Super Bowl back then so um, so I suppose what you it's for, for the novelty of being able to play with two teams um, and to be able to replay that event or play the AA or play him or whichever way you want um, it simplifies American football down a bit too much maybe so you can pick from sort of certain types of play but very simplified versions and you can play from certain you can do certain positions simplified the defensive play you've got I think four positions you could choose from for that so it's, it's taking a complex game right down to sort of simple level to give you that kind of I guess to make it more playable so it's less because it's sort of hint, it's hinting at strategy and it's one of those cusp games that we spoke about before it, would it be better if you just made all the strategic decisions as the coach and then the game mm-hmm. played out yes because that's yeah. kind of where it's heading it doesn't need the arcadey type bit where the action bit where you take control of a dot and, you know, can, and you can outrun the other dots and I felt that was actually the weaker part I mean as an American football simulation I quite liked it because it, it, you can enjoy it in that way as an arcade American football game I thought it was weak and so I quite liked its presentation in the characters and the way it did that but the longevity of this isn't there is it because it, the AI was really easy to beat I mean you don't yeah. need to know a lot about American football to play once you get to know the plays that it seemed to be that the AI the computer AI had no no response for so like you say it didn't take long to figure that out in this game so no don't avoid passing plays and just run the ball around to the left or the right every time and yeah. just do a short play, play you know pass the ball in and you, and you can be scoring touchdowns very quickly the kicking of the punts and the kicking of the field goals was a bit I thought a bit weak again because it was just dots on the screen it was you know um, wasn't so I would have liked to have seen the game play out like this but have more of the strategic elements in it so you could feel like you were coaching that team and choosing mm-hmm. the plays and forming a defensive response and you know and, and there are ways you could have made that interesting because it elided that I think they tried to oversimplify it and make it kind of an arcadey fun game um, now whether that might be something that was designed to appeal to a wider audience for American football maybe that's the case because in the early 80s at this point the American, American football wasn't getting a lot of UK TV time 
Not really. Not like it does now. I think there was one show on... I don't even know if it was even on at this point. We'd have to do a bit of digging to check. But I think that there was historically one show on Channel 4, which showed kind of the highlights of the NFL. And that was pretty much it. Because obviously this is not a... Mm. This is a country of, of football, UK football, 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 and other sports of, you know, that we play rugby and stuff like that. So, and there was always that kind of schoolyard argument. Well, what are you playing American football for? It's not, it's just like rugby. And it's not, I played uh, collegiate level American football. It's nothing like rugby. I played rugby as well. And it's nothing like rugby. And apart from the fact that it's the similar shaped ball, um, they're very different types of play, different types of game, different types of experiences, and both amazing in their own way. So, mm. um, I really, when I played, I was in the defensive team in American football. I really, really enjoyed my time playing that. So I found it quite a nice simulation of stuff when I played this game and it took me back a little bit to learning all the defensive plays and stuff like that. It's just too simple. It's just too simplified to make it any fun and it was too easy. Now I think mm. I, I think about the point when I was like 60 whatever points <laughs> and I was just like this is just getting stupid. It's embarrassing. Yeah. You know? So uh, the novelty quickly wore off but I liked it. I liked it back then because um, there wasn't many American football things. It wasn't, you know, you couldn't no. buy American football shirts and I wanted one. I really, 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 really liked at the time um, I, was, I was a New York Giants fan I really liked Giants so again this didn't really have a lot of appeal to me as a Giants fan um, but you know and I also liked um, the Broncos as well the Denver Broncos but at the time <laughs> they were really good because they had um, that amazing guy that could throw the ball like a billion miles I can't remember his name now but um, anyway long and short of it is uh, it disappointed me really going back to this but I know that there's better games for American football later down the line but this, yeah. this I, I remember this fondly I don't know quite why when I come to play it really I was, I was just a bit disappointed I remembered it being less dotty and more actiony. I don't know why. Maybe I remembered something yeah. different. The, 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 the side visuals are really nice. The yeah. side animations yeah, yeah. are really, Clever. really nice. Yeah. Do you know what else the uh, developers of this who are chaos? Do you know what else they also made? I've got a feeling it's a game with lots of dots in. No. V. <laughs> Random. Yeah, V, God, the computer so. game. Goodness. That was not the chaos, but there were, it was Grant Harrison and Kevin Grieve. Um, now Grant Harrison was all, also worked on A View to a Kill. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Savage. Okay. Savage. Uh, did un- Underworld. Oh, Chase, Chase HQ2. Interesting. Gallivan. Hero 2020. Yeah. They did a so sort of a mixed bag of stuff. Did we have um, a tweet from somebody that um, said that they were behind Chase HQ or something on the CC? I don't, could be. I don't think I can't remember I don't think anyway. so but yeah so they the, yeah the guys who made this uh, would go on and, and also they would make V at the same time interesting just strange um, but yeah the, I, I get, yeah it's not ter- it's not a terrible game Super Bowl just, 20 it's a bit small <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I can see what you're saying about the license and it's as a representation of that single game. But to me, because it's just a representation of that one game, it seems really weird. Well, I'm surprised it, that they did it. Cause it like, it's exactly you see the script. Can you imagine? It's just pick a random FA Cup and just make it about the, the, yeah, the actual cup. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah that, that one game, that third that third round game between Brentford and Luton. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly, to go. be fair, if there was a football, UK football, it's just so we can differentiate between the two. If there was a football game that you could have as this kind of format so if there was a UK football game based on two teams playing at a final of something what what would you choose for that and I, I, I don't uh, know a lot about UK football so I'd be interested to know what you think um, it would probably be the um, European uh, uh, sort of Champions League final Liverpool I want to say AC Milan where they were 3-0 down at half time and came, came out and drew 3 all and then won on penalties or, or won in the next time yeah yes that that would probably be the Champions League final FA Cup one don't know, don't know. there's been lots of good FA Cup finals that's what I mean but so that, that's why the, they picked that 
that one? I don't know. <laughs> That's what. Um, well, I think it was there was a there was a there was a thing, wasn't there? In the mid eighties, there was a there was a bit of a not resurgence because obviously that implies it was something before, but there was a there was a groundswell of interest, wasn't there, around American yeah. football? Yeah. And so, and it was obviously seen as like actually, well, let's just make this game about this one. And 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 to be fair, they've done it quite interestingly. They've they've obviously realised that they can't animate that many players on screen, mm. so they've used dots. And then we've got around that by having that big giant animated sidebar yeah yeah so it's, it's a queer it's a weird presentation i see what they're doing because if you try and put as met that many players it would be slow as hell and mm. flickery sprites and rubbish character graphics and, yeah. and you require so, that many players on a pitch you do you do yeah so it's a you know you get that many players on screen which works so it allows them to do that by using character graphics and dots that's fine and like i said the, those animated sidebars are, are pretty good but it's just it's just a weird thing and i'm looking look at it back at it because i think like, like you i enjoyed it back then i think i played it with my brother a fair bit but looking back on it now it's a really weird release it's yes. a strange thing and it's that's odd. what, uh, that's what odd. I, I couldn't get my head around Anyway, there you go. I think that's. Don't think I've got anything more to add on that. No, no. no I think that's it. I think um, no. There's that... better things to come for American football. Yeah, probably. Um, we covered every game. There was nothing we didn't cover. No. Nope. We, you know, even if because we, we, there's only twelve. Um, so we've got a couple more crapverts. Uh, now the first one is actually not it's not terrible it's not the image that I wanted to pick up on this one um, although I don't like there are players and there are survivors no. in the middle so this is for the Comet game which is a terrible terrible name for a game yep um, wrong there but it's also it's on Firebird and um, I, I, I I have some things with that text going around the outside yep. the daring new action packed space race adventure with all the risk drills and death defying challenges you've come to expect from Firebird we've been playing Firebird we've played Willow <laughs> Pattern <laughs> Publishers of the UK's most exciting software. Exciting software. I've got issues with that statement. If, if we do say so ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the way it goes around the edge. Uh, I see your comic game and I raise you Silu. So you ain't producing <laughs> nothing but dog turds. <laughs> <laughs> your willow pattern willow pattern silo uh, what's that other one the one that was the chimera that's one of those i think as well isn't it <laughs> i think so yeah uh it's quite good, but, that? but the comic game is such a terrible name yes and i suspect what, so is, this, is, is it a is, is planet a... type thing are we is that what it's, we're going to come to this and it's going to be that I don't, I don't know maybe if i mean so it's not crazy comics it's the comic game i don't yeah. like the word those hot this is a hot hot the comic game hot yeah it's uh i don't like it it's part of the firebird's hot range though for a spectrum and Atari and available soon for the Commodore 64 and Amstrad. Buy them while they're hot. I tell you, it is a random thing. So I'll just do the quick googly Google of that. Apparently this was a, a game aimed to be released for the tie-in with Halley's Comet's passing when it came to the end. That's why it's called the That's Comet That's what game. I think. But what's it... But Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that suddenly doesn't scream, you know, exciting software. <laughs> Why is there a spaceship chasing a ball of ice? I know a ball of ice is a comet, but why is there a spaceship chasing it? Because that's not, you know, Halley's Comet is pretty benign. Well, just why <laughs> make a game about that? Why make a game about a, a comet that's passing by? No, is that what they do? No, no it's just, oh, this, a, a comet's passing by, make a game about it. No, do they do that with everything? No. <laughs> <laughs> Something passes space... by them and they make a game from it. Is that how Silo came to be? Some Silo Pro- game probably. I don't know. Probably. I don't like that, but I have saved the best till last. Oh God, it's me. <laughs> Dirty dead. <laughs> Every now and again, the magazines do provide gold. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I saw that and I was like, oh. Although, uh, seeing who this is by. Yeah, yeah. It's by the people who did the events of Basildon Bond. Exactly. And remember how we love that. Yeah, but so this is Dirty Den. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> there's so weird there's so much weirdness about it. His sparkly earring. <laughs> yeah, his rosy it's like, nose and cheeks. It's like so weird. It's like it's like looking at a really weird Viz character that isn't a Viz character. Yeah. And is then he looks like he's menacing a Tina Turner impersonator. <laughs> With with a with a walnut or with a chocolate bit of chocolate. Yeah, is that what is that meant to be? Is that what is I, that? I don't know. And why is he dirty? Why has he got his name on his t top? He can't remember his name. Why would you want to be if you were called Den and people called you Dirty Den? You wouldn't want that on your top, would you? It's not a good name to be called. No, just just read that second paragraph after the planet Earth has been invaded by a super intelligent alien force from a far distance. Well, this is this is a different game. This is for Defense Sixteen. Yeah, but just, can you penetra- just read it. Can you penetrate their defenses and destroy the landers before they mutate? Blast the pods which turn into heat-seeking swarmers and zap the vax and mine layers. It just it escalates its tonality of <laughs> aliens from landers through to vax and swarmers. It's like, what are you, what are you well, drinking, it's, you crazy? Well, it's clearly, it's a Defender clone, isn't it? It's going to be a Defender uh, clone. I, I'm off trying not to think about it, but I, I suspect it is. Uh, it's it's going to be, yeah. But that, that Dirty Den... So this, as I said, it's Dirty Den. So we've got some kind of cartoony character... It was drawn in... I don't, I can't, <laughs> 1952, I don't, it's still, by the look of that. Yeah, he certainly looks like Dirty Den. I mean, is it playing on the dirt? Because remember, EastEnders is out now, they, I think, is isn't it? Is it being it? menaced by giant parakeets with arms? Well, yeah, so, so that then that... Be, be, yeah, the, the question then becomes, what are those things behind him? Why has that tree got a face? And why is there <laughs> a sort of Dracula-style castle in the background? Yes, yes. And why is he so ginormous? I guess it's yeah, exactly. that's just perspective, but I don't get I don't it. Know, why, why is his shoe bent like that? What is he aim? Is that soap is he throwing soap at that woman <laughs> i don't know what it is what's he got in his hand it looks like a mars bar or something yeah he's got a hobnail boot on by the look of it i guess i don't what a strange thing it looks like a character out of, out of time and place it's like they've drawn the head the wrong head on the wrong character and they're just oh no that ain't what i meant no, <laughs> that uh, doesn't look anything that doesn't look anything like dirty no, dead and that's not that's not yeah, angie watts yeah, yeah i was gonna say you've uh, you've, you've seen eastenders right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Giant, giant, red nosed, red cheeks, little kid. Yeah, giant he works kid. In the pub. He works in the pub. Surely he'll pub. have a red Throw nose. Soap at people. No, that's not Dirty Den. Dirty Den was a womanizing, violent, you know, woman beater who ran a pub. Oh, did I get that wrong? Did I get the brief wrong for that? I thought you meant a young kid being attacked by parakeet, naked parakeets. <laughs> Near a in castle, front of, in front in front of Dracula's castle, in front of Dracula's well, castle, and a, a sort of a, you know, a, <laughs> well, a Tina Turner impersonator, yeah, <laughs> stood nearby, yeah, for some reason. <laughs> it didn't even say what that game's about anywhere, right? It just says new release, Dirty Den, Dirty Den, new release, six ninety five for the six, Commodore sixteen plus four. Something tells me that's not going to be great. No, it's not. But it, it was glorious when I came across it. I mean, so it's so rubbish. Did you feel a genuine sense of sorrow for anyone that had a Commodore sixteen? Because I know I did. I didn't know anyone with one. I knew someone with a Vic Twenty. Yeah, but I mean, okay, because they, you would upgrade that naturally eventually to a sixteen. Yeah, you but, but, didn't, but sixteen came later, didn't it? Yeah, weird. Why? Why? I don't get. Uh, you know what? That's getting into the dark world of Commodore <laughs> at that time, where they just seemed to release things for a laugh. I think. Pretty sure the Plus Four <laughs> was just a, a laugh. Yeah, because you know? then you had the sixty-four C and the one to eight. Well, and... it was a strategy that became their undoing with the Amiga later down the line when they just released loads of stupid Amigas that made no sense to anybody, and then it killed them off. Was so. it the um, what was the what was the Amiga CD add-on? Was that the CD32? Yeah, CD32, yeah, you had the CD32, you had the Amiga 1000, the Amiga 500, <sighs> the Amiga 600, the Amiga 1200, um, the Amiga 3000, I think, was another one. I think there was loads was there of them. A five, was there a 5000? Uh, I they don't were, know if They were actually named themselves after the Odyssey, because it was an Odyssey 1000, Odyssey 2000. Yeah, Magnavo- The Magnavox Odyssey. And then you got They'd the, gone down you know, that route. I mean, the classic is the Amiga 5. The Commodore was 64, but they had the 1 to 8, the Plus 4, the Commodore 16, the Vic 20, the Commodore Pet, I suppose, if you're going to go that far back. Just, it never seemed to be 
able to stop releasing machines. Like, just focus on one. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Commodore 64 was the, you know, is the, isn't it the biggest selling home computer of all time? Yeah, that kind yeah, of description. Yeah, absolutely. So why would you, why would you try and release others? <laughs> just focus on that. I, I don't get what what market they're aiming for with the Commodore 16. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't quite know because it's it's horribly delimited version of a Commodore 64, and I don't think the price was that massively different. No. So was it to sort of compete? I suppose it was to compete against the Spectrum Spectrum 16K well, version. That's what I don't understand because the 16K Spectrum was outmaneuvered by the 48K. Obviously, it would make sense to do that, and I don't know. I, I, I would be, we need to we need to dive into a lot more depth <laughs> about would. the releases. No, but it just it's a it's a hardware pack for the Commodore 64 Commodore in particular that they never seem to be able to shake they just seem to just release yeah. you know periodically they're just I think someone in the Jack I guess it was Jack Trammell maybe his time maybe even after his time I don't know and but don't get us started on their calculators <laughs> That's where they formed, wasn't it? That's where they were called. But yeah, but you're right. But their, their range of calculators be, be just defied belief. Well, yeah, but that's what I mean. But can you imagine? This is the equivalent of releasing a calculator after you've released a really successful calculator with less buttons on it. So that's it's, what I mean. it's only got yeah. the numbers one to four on this calculator. Why? Because it's a it's a <laughs> it's a calculator four, and the calculator sixteen's got sixteen <laughs> buttons on it. It just makes no sense to their business model. Made no sense to release crapper versions of a successful thing. I don't get it. I don't do not get it. So I don't know. Let's let's move on to the charts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not get so hit up about Commodore's business practices from 35 years ago. You should. <laughs> the Com- Commodore 64 chart. All right, here's your top 10 in reverse order according to Commodore user from the, from Gallup. Uh, in at number 10 was FA Cup Football. We mm-hmm. looked at that and that was bizarre. Mercenary down to number 9. Kane <laughs> down to number 8. The Eidolon down to number 7. Zoids in at number 6. In at number 5 is Electroglide. Mm-hmm. Down to number 4 is Kung Fu Master. Over, uh, stay, staying in at number 3 is Yeet Our Kung Fu. In at number 2 is Hardball. And straight in at number 1 is Uridium. Makes sense. There you go. But the weirdness was... In CMVG, we had a Commodore 64 top eight. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> stupid CMVG with their stupid rules. <laughs> because next to this, in that comment, in that issue, there was um, top top eight. BBC Spectrum and Amstrad all got top tens. CBM 64 what? got a top eight. Random. <laughs> Don't know. They had Mini Office Two well, at I, number right, eight. I am raising a flag. <laughs> Um, how is that even in there? Don't how? Know. You cannot That's why tell me. I haven't made this up. No, no, no. But you cannot tell me that that is real. Uh, Nightshade at number seven. Strike Force Harrier. They've got to be making stuff up here. Explaining Fist, Southern Bell, Yia Kung Fu. None of this is real. <laughs> no, we're, 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 we haven't seen Lord of the Rings. That might be a text adventure, I suppose. But I Citadel. Think it's a text adventure. Is that the Citadel BBC game? I, well, I suppose maybe we'll Why find would, out. So, one day. Who, was, who, was, who is buying enough copies of Southern Bell to put it at number two? Who's buying enough copies of Mini Office 2 to even get it in a chart? <laughs> no, that's niche. That must have been real, real popular. Oh my God, that's better than Rambo. <laughs> it's number eight in the top eight. Yeah. Dad, can I have Rambo for Christmas? No, son, you're getting mini office too. No, look at this. It's got 80 columns. It's got 80 columns. You can write 255 characters on that, more than you need. Absolutely. So do you good for school. Remember, this is a CBM 64. Yes. Commodore business machine. Business machines for my business, not for your games. <laughs> There you go. Oh, I had to include that when I saw it because it was so stupid. <laughs> <It's> hilarious. <laughs> uh, right, that's it. What we got next month? Um, before we do next month, have we got have we got any games from this issue that we'd like to put in our big list? I think Alter Ego's Alter got to go Ego. in, hasn't it? Yeah, Alter Ego and Sci Five. I think I put in. PSI Five. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. I think they're the uh, they're the two bona fide 
good games. Yeah. Maybe Thrust. Yeah, yeah, that gets a, that sort of a third. third I think Thrust final, would. Actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not not for me because I can't get past the keyboard, but I know a lot of people do really like yeah, that. It's, it's a very, it is a yeah. very, very and good game. It's got game. great music, in all fairness. So it's it thrust, it, great it's music, thrust yeah. its way in. <laughs> It's lubed its way into that top three. <laughs> it has. Past, past uh, Jeff Cape's budges. That's, that's it. it lubed its way through. It smuggled itself in. Uh, <laughs> right. Next next episodes. What have we got to look forward to of the next couple of episodes? We've got a, a plethora of games. Oh, my gosh. We've got... Uh, let's just go through these. We've got... Uh, well, I'll go through some of them. Archon 2, Bomb Jack, uh, Bouncers. I always thought that should have been Bouncers, but it's mm-hmm. Bouncers. Cauldron 2. Whoa. Uh, we'll get, finally get to look at the comic game. We may look at Doomed Act Revenge, which is obviously the sequel to... Um, uh, Lords of Midnight. Yep. Empire. Uh, Fairlight. We'll get to control. Uh, get to control the police in the Force. Oh God, forgot about that. <laughs> International tra- or traffic wardens potentially. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, International karate. Oh, that's some. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a biggie. Ping pong. I'm not sure about Knights of the Desert. That could be strategy. I'm not sure. Uh, ping pong. Spellbound. Spin dizzy. Starquake. Titanic. V. Ooh, some. That's some a busy. There. That's a busy. Um, <laughs> From what we've just had to that. I can some... already see something that's annoyed me about the international karate entry in Zap, though, but we'll come to that next time. I think they're just following the theme because it's suffering from the very same thing that <laughs> where it's going to fist up from. Because it's not got GM next to it. Because it's not got GM next to it. Rotters. How dare you? Know, <laughs> I, suppose they, I suppose they could be really interesting. Very interesting, that. Zap. What rotters? What, 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 come on. What, what utter rotters? You know, if, if just when you think that, you know, anyway, you know what? This is a big discussion for, for the next episode. I'm really we, looking we, forward we, to it. We, There's some doozers in there. There is. Spellbound, for goodness sake, is in there. Goodness me. I know. Interested to see um, Spin Dizzy. Titanic. That's going to be a chirpy gold game, isn't it? If it's, if it's based on the actual. I think, it, yeah. V, we'll get to. Uh, star, I'm, oh, God. Oh, God, I've got Colton too, haven't we? So hard. Right, there we go. <laughs> That's it. Um, we have been Zaps the Past. You can get hold of us in the usual places. You can get hold of us um, on Twitter at, at Zapped to the. You can get us on Facebook. For, uh, just search for Zapped to the Past. You can get us on Instagram. Just search for Zapped to the Past. You can get us... Um, uh, you can get us our website, which is zappedtothepast.com. And you can email us, if you really wish to, uh, at zappedtothepast at gmail.com. Uh, listen to podcasts like Hands On Gaming because it's good um, and Retro Asylum because that's also good um, I think that's it I think we're done I think that's it for, for, for this week it was a uh... We, we can only apologise for the games. We're very this, sorry. This was the month of May, the merry, merry month of May. It, it was, yes. Not so much uh, falala in that one, though. Well, epi- you know, it is episode 13. I'm looking for some... Right. Ep- issue 13, sorry, issue 13. Yeah. So there you go. Um, on that note, I think we'll we'll get out of here and leave you to the rest of your day. Have a good one. I've been Adrian Mills. I have been Graham Raddings. And we have been Zapped to the Past. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Zap to the Past podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of Commodore 64 games, as well as the music, films and TV from around the 1980s, driven, of course, by the issue of Zap 64 magazine published at that time. We will return with a whole new batch of games and stuff to talk about next week. Until then, if you want to listen to or download previous episodes of Zap to the Past, and why wouldn't you? They can all be found on our website at zaptothepast.com, as well as being available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, Audible, Player FM, and, well, pretty much anywhere where we can upload them. By the way, we do always love to hear from our amazing listeners, so if you'd like to contact us about anything in the podcast or beyond, you can do so by emailing us at zaptothepast at gmail.com. We're also active on Twitter under at zaptother, 
as well as Facebook, Instagram, and most social media platforms. Just search for Zap to the Past and you'll find us. Oh, and if you like the podcast and what we're doing, please do like, share, review, rate us. It really helps. Something, apparently. The Zap to the Past podcast is written and produced by Adrian Mills and Graham Raddings and recorded at Flaky Bits 2.0 Studio. All opinions expressed are those of the writers, and while we indeed love Zap64 magazine, the Zap to the Past podcast is not affiliated with it in any way. Stay safe, see you next time, and remember, we play these games so you don't have to.